This week on Nintendo Main, start saving your money because there are many Amiibo coming out soon. I'm getting ready to stave off the hordes. Look out. Welcome to Nintendo Main. Um, this is a this is a quick update to the Nintendo Direct that happened. This is not full on uh, episode sixty five. We'll actually have it after this. We're just gonna talk real quick about our impressions of the big Nintendo Direct that just happened today. So, uh, without further ado, do you want to just start from the top? Sounds good to me, man. So uh, this week's Nintendo Direct it was like thirty five minutes. About Yoshiaki Koizumi hosted it. And he was the same guy who did, wasn't he the same guy who did the um, Switch reveal in Japan that we watched back in, uh, whenever that was, November, October? Oh yeah, I thought that guy looked familiar. Yeah, it's kind of cool that they kept him around. I guess maybe he'll be the face of Nintendo now on the directs, since, you know, Iwata can't. He right. didn't, he yeah, didn't really, yeah. he didn't really do a whole much, a whole lot, just kind of come out and introduce it and talk about things. But they, uh, they went really, really fast through things. I felt like it was, and like it was like, Boom, 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 boom. The next thing, I guess, yeah, they they showed a lot of stuff, but they only a couple of things they only spent like a few seconds on before they went to the next thing. Well, they even call it speed run at one point. Yeah, the, the when they got to the switch part, they said it was speed run, and they went fast for sure. So they started off, uh, I guess, um, what some people are calling uh, the good big goodbye to 3ds or laying 3ds down to whatever out to pasture. I don't know if that's fully going down, but yeah, they they start off with like a whole bunch of new announcements for 3ds games right off the top. Number one, the Pikmin has a name now. Hey Pikmin. Hey Pikmin. <laughs> hey Pikmin. What up? Hey, okay, I gotta be honest. I I watched this, but somehow I missed this. Wait, what? Pikmin. You may say you missed Hey Pikmin. I I did. It's at the very beginning of the of the direct. Okay, well I missed. Okay, so I missed the beginning part of the direct, and then I went back and continued from where. Okay, yeah, I never saw Hey Pikmin. What's up with this? Hey Pikmin is the name of the 2D Pikmin game that's for 3DS. Okay, Th- that's what they're calling it now. So they they're calling it Hey Pikmin. Uh, they showed like more footage of it. There's like some underwater levels now, which is pretty cool. You can actually swim. <laughs> I didn't know they could swim. Uh, there's a there's a new amiibo associated with it there's amiibo that just has the uh the pikmin on it like looks like they're climbing a rock or something like that they haven't said what it's going to do yet but they're doing but another one with several it. pikmin at once on one amiibo yeah it's a couple ones climbing on a rock on one on one amiibo so there's your first amiibo if you're doing an amiibo count for this episode which there's there are a lot of them <laughs> so be warned yeah, they just they just showed a little bit more of the uh, of the of the levels, and they gave it a release date for July twenty eighth. So it's not that far away, I guess. It still is one of the things that I'm just I'm not really sure about it. We'll just have to wait, see when it comes out. I'd say if there's one thing about this direct is that it seems like things are spaced out well. The release dates of all the the big things, you would say. Yeah, I don't think I saw uh, I don't think I saw party. anything that was coming out on the same day. So, <laughs> you know, it's definitely spaced out. So, after that, they went to that other game which I've been wondering about for a while, uh Ever Oasis. Talked about that for a while. The uh, the guy who made the game, I don't know if you saw him. He like he's standing holding like a stuffed animal thing like at the beginning yeah. and the end of the video, which was kind of like they don't really explain what that is, but yeah, he's holding it and he talks about the game. You know, says that it's about like friendship and stuff like that. <laughs> they didn't they didn't show a whole lot of the game, but they gave it a release date. 
It's coming out June 23rd, so I guess that's a couple months down the road, not that far away. I mean, they, they kind of, like I said, they, they kind of like went from one thing to another, so it's pretty quick. Like, it didn't show a whole lot of stuff for this. It was a speed run. Yeah, it was a speed run, and I like how it kind of showed on the screen. It showed, like, one thing after another after another, and it kind of went from one to another to another as he went through it. And some of them had, like, question marks on them. Because you didn't yeah. know what they were, and then later it showed you what it was. I thought that was kind of funny. You know, they don't want you to look too far ahead. Well, and if it's something that they haven't announced yet, they don't want us. They don't want you to be able to see it. You know, be like, oh, it's already on there. It's an interesting way to do it. So after Oasis, Ever Oasis was Monster Hunter Stories, which is a game that's been out in Japan for a while. There's also some amiibo associated with that in Japan, but not here yet. But it could be. Not yet. But it, it looks it looks pretty cool. Like I, I thought it looked neat. It's a uh, kind of like a Monster Hunter Pikmin type thing, I guess. Where you so uh, it's a side game. Yeah, it's like a kind of like a junior edition, I guess, sort of a Monster Hunter. Except it's uh, you you collect different monsters and you can like fly you can fly with them or like or like swim or whatever. You use them to get around, and it looks uh, the graphics look a little more kitty. And uh, it actually looked it looked fun. Like I thought it looked really nice. Uh, looks like something. Maybe it's a uh, since it's a lot less complex than Monster Hunter. Maybe I'll be able to get into it easier. But I don't know. I thought it was worth a look. Like I was totally interested in it. That's on 3ds as well. Yeah, that's, you just said. Yeah, 3ds. That one is slated for fall. So no actual date on that one yet. But it's pretty cool that it's coming around over here. Looks like I said. Looks like something worth checking out. After that, they went into uh, Yokai. The the third version of Yokai Watch Two was on there so it's the third version of that game yeah it's like the yellow version of it you know like oh, they were okay. yeah you know like there's red and like it's it's like like it's like pokemon like there's the red and blue and then there was yellow that's kind of how this definitive, is like yeah it's the third the year edition or whatever yes yeah, the it. third version of it because there were two versions of two it's like fleshy souls and bony spirits or something like that we talked about okay. that one before yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had the different different versions, and now it's uh, Psychic Specters is this one. But yeah, it's like the new definitive version, I guess. There's like some extra multiplayer stuff on it. There's like an extra story mode about the main, it was a Dark Jibjan, I think is the name. Don't fully quote me on that, but <laughs> just, yeah, just the same thing with extra stuff. Still trying to get that game to catch on, I guess. I never really played the second one or a demo of the second one, but I have the first one. I bought it for cheap at a convention, but I didn't get very far into it. Just because of the nature of the battles are all kind of automatic, which I think kind of killed the game for a lot of people. You know, like the characters kind of fight on their own. It's not; It doesn't have the uh, strategy of Pokemon, really. Right. But, but yeah, there's another one of that. Another one of those coming out. Uh, they didn't give an exact date for it. It just said fall. So you can expect more of that stuff. There's another. The After that was a game called Cold Decept. It's a card game, I guess. Cold Decept Revolt. Hadn't, hadn't heard of that right. one. It's like a card meets board game type thing. Yeah. So it's some kind of uh, card game that's been taking off that we don't know anything about, but maybe it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I know, like, nothing. And, and they didn't really show anything. They just showed, like, some cards and they showed, like, some guys on a board, you know, like, and it's like a card game and a board game. Uh, check it out. It comes out August 29th. I'm like, okay. The, the next thing. Oh, see, specifically August 29th? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they gave it a date, but they didn't really show anything about it. That's far out there, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. They gave that, like, a date, but, uh, but like, Monster Hunter and, and Yokai doesn't have a date. I don't know. I don't I don't know what their, I don't know what their thoughts on in this. <laughs> I guess maybe if it's past August, it doesn't get a date yet, because I guess that's not quite fall. But the uh, the next game that they talked about seemed kind of cool, actually. The RPG Maker. Oh, hell yeah, You man. saw that, right? I'm already, like, thinking of ideas yeah. of a Nintendo main RPG. Well, the real, the really cool thing that I thought about the RPG Maker is that you can download, uh, what is it, Maker Player? Yeah, the, you can yeah. you can download a Maker Player for free, 
and just play people's RPGs without actually playing the game or buying the yep. game, which I thought that was really cool. So, so yeah. that means if your friends have a 3DS, no matter who they are, what games they have, I guess who they are wouldn't matter. It would be what <laughs> games they have. But uh, Unless you want to discriminate like, hey, against certain people. RPG. Yeah. No, it's, I like that you can uh, that you can play what people have made for free. That's that's a good approach to it. Like, say you, you play this RPG and you're like, oh, that's cool. I wish I could get my own. And it's like, oh, well, you got to buy it to get that one. So I guess it's kind of like sort of a free-to-play sort of approach, right? You Man, would say? what if Mario Maker did that? That'd be awesome. Yeah, where they would let you play the levels for free but not make any? Yeah. Well, I think it's going to make work better than Mario Maker because maybe you can actually put your RPGs online. I mean, well, you would have to, right? Because yep. you would download them through the, the Maker player. Yeah, it seems like a lot of fun, and it's like all built on a touchscreen, which way back in the day I played a game called RPG Maker on the first PlayStation. You did. You told and, me about it, yeah. Yeah, I'll, tell about, I'll talk about it again. It was called uh, Steal a Walrus. That was the name of the game that I made. <laughs> and, you, and you just had... You were talking to the king, and he said, man, I wish someone would steal a walrus for me. And so you have to go steal a walrus. And yeah, that was the whole game. Don't, don't but, you uh, win, like, multiple airships, though, in it? Yeah, yeah, you beat the boss, <laughs> and he gives you 500 airships. And you're like, cool. And you just go to the end of the game. <laughs> That's a lot of airships. <laughs> I don't think you'll ever use 500 of them, or all 500 of them. But yeah, it was fun, and I mean, that took forever because I was using a PlayStation controller to build yeah. it. So I just imagine like using a touchscreen to make the le- like the level design and placing the items, and the yeah, it'll be like Mario Maker for RPGs. Yeah, no, it looks really cool. I mean, it's if for all those people who are wanting the Zelda Maker, this is the closest thing for now, right? And another interesting thing is uh, you can use Disgaea skins on it do you see that that there's a there's customizable characters but there's also ones that you can use that are directly from disgaea 1 and disgaea 5 so no i didn't see that that's awesome yeah so that's an interesting thing that they're kind of incorporating it in with the disgaea 5 complete so or perfect whatever it was called so that's interesting they must be like the same company then that's making it to include some of the guys in there you know so if, if if you played any of those games you can have characters in there from that which is pretty cool looks interesting though that one's coming out june 27th so a couple months for that but yeah there's the they're adding a lot of makes makes you want to not throw away that 3ds yet or make sure you uh make sure you hold on to your charger so you can continue to play it they're forecasting games all the way to the end of the year on the 3ds oh yeah they are well they also said there there's going to be a big presence at e3 so sure they'll be showing a lot of these they'll be showing ever oasis again probably right because that won't that won't come out before right no yeah that'll come out after e3 so i still think that game looks cool (laughs) <laughs> it just it, it kind of sucks that a lot of these aren't on switch too you know i mean i love my 3ds and that's what made me pumped about having a switch is i was hoping that they a lot of a lot of people that make 3ds stuff would roll it over to the switch you know and you'd get games like this on the new system yeah. but i think that's still going to be a bit before we get to that probably like another year or so before we get to like everything being on the switch which is a shame but because the but we're gonna get some ports for sure yeah yeah we'll get to that later we're definitely get some ports and we'll probably get ports of this 3DS stuff too, maybe in the future. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. So uh, next next game on the list, Metopia, which that game looks pretty cool actually. It kind of looks like a bigger version of like a Street Pass game, but yeah, it still looks like it could be fun. It's like an RPG where you use you know your your me friends or like characters that you've made or whatever, and they all kind of interact with each other, I guess. Like as you're on the adventure, like some of them they like fight or they like talk like while you're fighting and all that. You can assign them different vocations and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. You can well, make like. Aren't the, you also trying to restore their faces? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, the um the Dark Lord has stolen the Mii's faces. So <laughs> that's a part of it, yeah. They are faceless, but apparently your guys are going to get their faces back before everybody else's, right? Because how else are you going to go fight anybody? You won't know who's who. If, if you have no faces, you know who you guys are. You'll just have how to know can by... How we know any, the gods until we have faces? Yeah. <laughs> you don't know which character's which. But it's this one's already out in Japan. I've heard talk about this, that people are a lot that a lot of people are enjoying it who live over there and play that. So it's it's you know it's one that I've that I kind of thought would would come around or I you know was on my radar for news. But yeah, it looks cool. It looks like a fun game. That one says late uh, later in 2017. There's not an actual release date for that. But yeah, it, look, it looks fun. It's one I, one I'm hoping to see more of. The after that was uh, more Fire Emblem stuff. They were just saying that there's going to be DLC for the new game. There'll be free DLC and paid DLC. And you can buy them like individually. You can buy them in packs. There's a season pass where you can get everything. That's about like all the announcements on that. Showed a little bit more footage of it, like some of the 3D dungeon stuff. But yeah, that's, that is not really surprising that they're going to have more DLC stuff on there. Not a whole lot on that. No release date either from what I saw yet. Or maybe they said, they probably said that on the, in the Fire Emblem Direct before that. But a uh, big thing on Kirby turning 25, so I guess this is going to be the year of Kirby, is what it looked like. There were uh, three different 3DS Kirby games announced. Was it a Kirby Class Deluxe, which is a free-to-start game, which is a game that was actually on Kirby Robobot. So if you don't, if you have that already, like I do, you don't need to, you don't need to get it. But there's a free so version of a, it, I guess. It's a mini now. game from that. Yeah, it's a mini game from that that you can that you can like free to start, I guess. So you can download it and play some of it, and then you gotta pay whatever extra for it. There was a the second one seemed kind of cool though. The Blowout Blast. Did you see that? It's like a top-down 3D uh, Kirby game. Yeah. Where you like kind of walk around mazes, and there's like big bosses and stuff. That looked like something I might play. That one's coming out in the summer. And uh, and then there was a third one that just said, new multiplayer Kirby game for 3DS. <laughs> it like, had like no name <laughs> or anything. It was just like, and we got a third one, which we'll tell you about later. <laughs> you know, But they still had to just still say that they had a third one, which is kind of funny. I did see people uh, commenting like, Three three Kirby games. Three DS is dead. Like yeah, I guess it's been kind of a trend that the Kirby games come at the very end. Yeah, that's like a Nintendo voice chat thing too. They say like you know bring on the Kirby's whenever it's about to whenever the system's about to go. Which I don't know. I mean maybe like this towards the end they throw on all the weird stuff that they're experimenting with. But yeah, I don't know. There's there's been so many Kirby games on three DS and DS already that it's hard to tell. But yeah, this uh, Kirby's getting a year of Kirby. And we haven't had that since Luigi. And, you know, a lot of other franchises didn't get year of anything. Like Metroid. People have been talking about that, too. But how there's no no Metroid stuff. No love. No love for Samus. She, oh, yeah. she, she, she didn't get a year for her 30th anniversary. No, no one cared about Samus. Yeah, it's sad. But what people do care about is Box Boy. <laughs> uh, that, this one was cool because it, it uh, launched today. Like, right when the... Uh, I always like when they do that in the directs, when they're like, and it's available right now. So uh, the third and final Box Boy game, is what they said, the third in the trilogy, Bye Bye Box Boy, came out today to coincide with the directs. So that's pretty cool. So you, And you can download demos now, uh, all three of the different Box Boy games. And apparently, if you have saves for Box Boy 1 and 2, you can play the whole game in cream spinach color if you want to. <laughs> that's like an added extra thing. I don't know why you'd want that, but... Bring on, on spinach. Yeah, yeah. They said you can you can play it like it's an old Game Boy game <laughs> in the in the old the cream. Spinach, well, I did like uh, the reveal because they were like uh, 
Today on the eShop, you can download demos for all three Box Boy games. Or you could just download the new game, yeah. which is also available now. That's kind of how they phrased it. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of were just like, oh, wait, but no, here it is. Did you uh, Did you ever get Box Boy 2? No. You got Box Boy 1, though, right? I do. Okay. I have the original. Yeah, I only have one. I didn't get two. And I didn't fully beat one. Maybe I should try to. Because the uh, three looks pretty cool. Like, they have a lot of, they had a lot of cool looking boxes. They had, like, rocket boxes that, like, shoot up. There was, like, yeah. a warp box where you can, like, uh, go from one side to another. There was, uh, there's, like, little, uh, what, what do they call them? The cubelets? The little kids? The little box kids that are with you that you're trying to rescue? Yeah, they're almost like the little Mar- mini Marios in a Mario versus Donkey Kong. Yeah, they are kind of like that. So they're pretty to, cute. Like, affect the environment so they can walk safely across. Yeah. So yeah, there's some, they look like there's some pretty cool stuff on there from that. A lot of people really like those games, so it's cool to have another one on there. There was no announcement of because I know there's a Box Boy amiibo in Japan, but we didn't get that, which is pretty funny because it's just like a cube on yeah, an, amu- on an amiibo stand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like they're obviously out of ideas. So yeah, that, that came out today. So that that's always good to have something like that. After that, they did a, little, a really quick amiibo thing. The three new Zelda amiibo. There's a and and it's cool because they're actually, if you notice, they're pictures. They're like pictures from the game, like like old uh, old sketches, like there were there were promo stuff from the game. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Like no, the, I didn't. like the Majora's Mask one where he's holding the uh, Gorn mask. That was like oh, an, okay. that was like an old. You recognize that picture, right? Yeah. Same with the picture of uh, Link holding the sword weird. Like, that was a Twilight Princess art thing. And the Skyward Sword one as well. They're all they're all from, like, old promo art for the games. So I think it's pretty cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's there's Young Link, Twilight Princess Link, and uh, Skyward Sword Link. And Skyward Sword Link has, like, these uh, see-through boots around his legs in the back. So, so you can stand Spread Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he has the ice boot or whatever. Like, uh, the same... Or like the thing like Donkey Kong was like had the ice butt. It's like uh and uh who was uh We Fit Trainer had the ice boot as well. <laughs> like where it's like she's standing on one foot and it has the boot around it. It's nice that they brought those back, I guess. But yeah, three more three more Zelda amiibo and the last three Smash Brothers amiibo were announced Finally. as well. Oh, and the Zelda one got a June twenty third as the release date for that. And uh the the final Smash Brothers one are July twenty first, but an interesting thing about those is that they have two different versions of them, which yeah. are probably going to be exclusives to different stores. But what I saw online is that some people saw that like the alternate versions were called like Player Two versions. Did you see any of that? No. So there's speculation now that they might re-release some of the older ones as a player two version and have like an alternate costume oh i wonder if they right when i saw that i was like oh man they might do that (laughs) like re-release all the other smash brothers ones and have like the player two version and you can buy like a different you know like a different pose and a different costume and all that it wouldn't really surprise me if they did that i mean with all the announcements of the amiibo from this i mean there was probably at least 10 that were on here no, yeah, no, there. I think there were exactly ten. That but were man, announced. people have been like talking about these amiibo like they were never going to happen for a while now. Like, are they ever going to happen? I think they, yeah, they happening on July twenty first. I think they thought that they weren't, yeah, but now they're fun. Yeah, Cloud, Cloud, Corrin, and Bayonetta. It's cool that there's two different versions of Corrin because Corrin is like your main character, so you could could be a male and a female. So there is like an actual male Corrin and a female Corrin that you can buy. So that's cool. And Cloud's just a different outfit and. Same with Bayonetta too, I think. But they finally came through. Uh, speaking of Bayonetta, Bayonetta's on Steam now too, right? <laughs> Bayonetta one. That was. Oh, a, it is. I didn't was, see that. That was a news thing. Yeah, there was some countdown saying that uh, Sega was going to announce something about Bayonetta, and now Bayonetta one's on Steam. That was what the that's what the announcement was for that. 
Oh. In non-direct news. So you could buy it if you wanted it. So after they after they did their whole thing with the the amiibo, they get into they get into arms for a bit, which uh, I feel like most of the stuff they showed on arms was stuff that we already knew from playing it at the event, at the preview event. Yeah. But you know, not everybody's been there, so not everybody got to go to that. So they you know they they said that you can use different weapons on each hand. Like they kind of go into the they go into like the different elemental weapons that you can get. They're like how you can use ice, fire, electricity. Win, blah blah blah. Um, they they show a new character whose arms are made out of ramen noodles. That was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, Min Min. There's a part I, I forget where it was. Uh, yeah, they were when they when they do like the fight later when they do like a uh, Spring Boy versus Min Min. There's a part where the guy's like, and this and now Rim Rim and now Min Min is Ram Ram. And I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? It's like I wish my arms were made out of ramen noodles. Yeah, because he said, yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the host over that Biff, which is some sort of like animated guy. But I was surprised that they weren't more, uh, there weren't more amiibo for that, more arm amiibo or armiibo. But yeah, they got into, they got into different characters. Like they highlighted, um, what they showed some of Ribbon Girl stuff, and they talked about Springman's, like what you know, what his character does, and the ramen. When he's below twenty five percent. Yeah, when he gets when he gets below twenty five percent, he um. What is it? He, gets, he stays charged up. He gets permacharged. Yeah, all of his punches are permacharged. And uh, the ramen girl, her arm turns into a dragon, which you can you can like it like when it extends all the way out. There's a laser that comes out of the face, so it goes even farther. Yeah, it's crazy looking. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like a alien, like with the the mouth coming out of the mouth. Yeah, yeah, kind of. So yeah, you have you get extra reach with that, I guess. I like that. Um, I like that. There's like an equal amount of female characters and male characters so far. Because there's the architect or the mechanic or something like that, the girl that's in the big like robot body, and then there's the ribbon girl and Min Min, and then there's like the the mummy, the ninja, and and uh, Spring Boy. So they're all like yeah. it's equal so far, it's three and three. That's cool. They didn't really, uh, I mean, they they didn't really get, I mean, they they didn't really get a whole much, a whole lot into the game aspect of it, like a, like whatever what's available on it. It showed some uh, practice modes where you where you like punch targets and they talk about how like in-game currency you can you like as you go through the game you'll earn you'll earn currency to buy new types of uh gloves to hit people with like different weapons. So it kind of shows like how you unlock them. They kind of uh apparently all the weapons are made by different like companies too. Like kind of like uh kind of like Splatoon where like there's a fake brand name of each one. I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. If you looked if you looked into what they were showing you on the what they were collecting. There's different ones made by different things. They also announced that there's like a four-player mode. There's a two-on-two mode, so that's cool. Didn't know about that. Yeah, that's completely a game changer. Like, yeah, that's that makes the game different than what we thought it was. We thought it might just be a one-on-one game. Oh yeah, having a full-on two-on-two, you think yeah. is a game changer? Makes it more well, interesting. I think it'll change the strategy of it for sure. Do you think that they? Uh, do you think it's just team mode, or do you think you can do like a four-player all-out battle? Ooh, good question. Because that could be. It cool. made it seem like it was two v two. Yeah, it'd, it'd be cool if you could do like a four player battle royale type thing, though, like yeah, the old like the old wrestling games, but with uh, spring arms. <laughs> I could see that. That'd be fun. Be interesting, but it may just be two on two. But who knows? Let's hope that they have four player on there. That'd be pretty cool. Well, that, I think there will be. It showed it. Yeah, this one has a June sixteenth release. I don't think we had anything for June sixteenth yet. No. Yeah, I don't. And it, it comes with something special, a couple of special things. Oh yeah, this is, yes. it doesn't come, but they're released. Yeah, there's some weird, uh, there's some weird additions to it. 
So we get another color of Joy-Con, the 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 um, neon yellow. Finally, yeah, <laughs> that's what I really wanted. Yeah, no, the I mean, ne- look at the cover of Snipper Clips. One of them's yellow. Oh yeah, well now you now you have one. But yeah, the yeah there's a yellow one I guess to coincide with the arms because that's colored yellow yeah. or something. And um, one the weird thing is uh, they're adding a double A battery extension thing that you can attach to your Joy-Con in case you do like a two-day, 48-hour marathon and just need extra battery power. Oh, I can't wrap my brain around why that's even necessary. I don't understand because, yeah, because the Joy-Cons go for like 20 hours. Like, why do you, is this like in case you're just really, really lazy and you don't charge anything ever? Like, Maybe I don't... this is for families that like live out of a camper and the <laughs> kids are always just playing games with the Joy-Cons. I guess, yeah. If you if you're like going on vacation and you guys are just like arming the hell out of it and just <laughs> and you just you just don't have any power, you just snap that on there. But I mean, the thing is, you wouldn't be able to. I mean, you need this for the actual switch unit because the switch unit would have died like 17 hours ago. You know, it's like yeah. you have to have power somewhere. I don't know. It just seems like an, a weird, unneeded thing. I don't know. It's a strange thing to make. I don't know. I don't think anybody asked for that, and I don't think anybody really necessarily wants it. But hey, you can buy it. I mean, especially since there's already, like, the charging docks for the Joy-Con specifically. Then you can put them right on the Switch while it's in the dock. Ah, there's so many options. Or there's also the charging grip. Yeah, but you can't can't necessarily box somebody. You would have to get two charging grips, right, for your – because you're going to use these Joy-Cons separate, you know, to – well, I guess – Maybe those those make it even more comfortable to hold. Just like yeah. the uh, wrist strap. Maybe. It's for people who want that added weight, right? The weight of two AA batteries. Yeah, make your punch feel stronger. It's kind of like when you uh, put lead into your boxing gloves. Just throw a couple of AA batteries in there. <laughs> you'll feel better about yourself. Like when you cheat, you mean? <laughs> Shh. Yeah. It's extra battery life. <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird thing. And you can buy a separate, I guess you can buy a separate like uh, wrist strap that's yellow also to go with it. It's weird that it doesn't come with it. I found that strange. Yeah, like you're buying a yellow really Joy-Con, you, you can't it, it can't come with the yellow. I mean, everything's still black, like for the top. I thought they would have wrote off the wrist strap by now. Yeah, because of all the uh, trouble with people putting it on backwards. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I did that. I did that multiple times. Even like when I knew how to do it, I still seemed to mess it up every once in a while. Yeah, yellow Joy-Cons. What I what I always wanted. So Mario Kart Eight, they talked about that a little bit. You know, said that uh, that was the next thing they went to. They talked about how it has like the most the most races like available from the start of any Mario Kart game. They talked about like a little bit about the online mode. It's kind of the same thing, but they mentioned that battle mode's online. Um, they they said that there were going to be a couple tournaments starting w- when the game comes out that you can do like with the Nintendo's having like a racing and a battle tournament. Were you planning on getting it again? I think I asked you that before, but I'd really I'm really interested in what these other battle modes are because obviously I've only played the uh the main like balloon battler or whatever it's called there's yeah. multiple battle modes yeah i think the only one we played was the bomb one right yeah yeah well it, it, it looked like they showed like four different levels in the in the direct like there was one that was like kind of had like a sideways circle on it that was all like anti-grav and yeah. there's the there's the splatoon one and there were a couple other ones i kind of i don't remember offhand exactly how they looked but I I think they're doing. I think they're going to bring in some old ones also. But I know they're. I know they don't have Black Fort on there, unfortunately. So. Well, I'm definitely interested, but I may not be a day one adopter. I'll say that. Yeah. No, I'm definitely not going to get a day one. I, I, I don't want to. I may want to yeah. hop back on the Wii U version and 
practice a little bit first. Yeah, I, I like the I like the game a lot, but I I don't you know I don't I don't really I played so much of the Wii U version that I don't really see the need to get it again. Even though yeah, I guess pretty recently. Yeah, I feel like I mean I guess I feel like I'll be kind of left out of the tournament and all that that they're doing, and I would like to play that, but not for like another sixty bucks. It's kind of like hmm. forty eight if you buy it through Amazon. Well, yeah, every always, yeah, of course. And with those Amazon primers. I saw that, uh, what, Russia, apparently Russia leaked uh, pictures of a Switch bundle with Mario Kart. Did you see that? I don't know if Fake that's... News. I don't know if that's real or not. <laughs> no, I don't know if it's real. It's, pro- um, it's probably not. But I mean, I saw somebody, real. I saw people posting about it. And I think it's a little early for a bundle. I mean, they have to actually, you know, have, get more out before that. Right. Unless they're just, uh, their next production run is a bundle. I don't know. Yeah. I mean... That'd be kind of shitty. It seems it seems a little early for that, but you know normally they do that later when they start doing bundles. I mean, it's only been out well, for the Nintendo rep at uh, MGC definitely said that they're going to be easier to find. Well, he said the controllers will be easy to find, but did you say switches will? Are yeah, they going to sell more? Yeah, I mean they're going to yeah they'll keep rolling them out. I'm wondering how long it'll take to where you'll actually be able to see some in the wild though, because people seem to still want them. But yeah, continue continuing on with more Switch stuff. They actually announced a lot of stuff. Aside from what we already knew. Um, after that, they did some Ultra Street Fighter 2 stuff. We already knew about that. Got a May, May 26th release date, which I think was already announced. Uh, they talked about the different versions, like the HD graphics and the regular, and how you could play it in the older mode with the borders on the side. This is another thing we yeah. played at the preview event, so it kind of seems like old news to uh, to us. But yeah, to us, yeah. But we, if anybody... Know, it's just us, though. Yeah, but I'm saying, for all the people who didn't go to the preview event, this is all new, you know, I guess. Uh, they talked about... The Evil Ryu and Violent Ken being the new characters. There's a two-player co-op mode, which is pretty cool, where you can where you both play against the computer. There's also a touch mode on there where you can touch different parts of the screen to do your moves, which doesn't really sound fun at all, but it's on there. <laughs> well, wasn't that on a uh, Street Fighter Three on the 3DS? Yeah, to a point it was where you could do uh, where you could hit a button for like super moves and stuff like that. I never really used it. There was also like a 3D mode where it like put the camera behind your character on the 3DS version also, which was really weird. And which it looks like there's something like that on uh, the Switch version. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, it looks like the 3DS version. Yeah, it's the same thing where you um yeah where, where you do like uh, where you can take the Joy Cons and like do your own Hadouken. You can move yeah. your hands out and yell at the screen and say Hadouken, even though there's no microphone and they wouldn't know that you yelled that. You could still you could still do it, but yeah, that's another version that's kind of like or another part of it's like mm, it's cool that it's on there. I may, maybe I'll do it one time, but I, yeah, <laughs> I don't think I'd do it again after that. It still looks pretty good. Um, the the price I I mean the price I still think is a little high for it, but I'm sure I'll end up getting it just because I'm a slave to Street Fighter Two and I probably have like 20 different versions of it, and I might as well just get another one, right? Yeah. I mean, I just got a Japanese one, like uh, you know, which you'll hear after this about 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 my Japanese copy of Street Fighter Two. So then, after that, they mentioned uh, something that I thought you would be pretty excited about. They talked about Minecraft Switch version. About fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've been excited about this. I I really really hope it's better than the Wii U version. Like, I hope it's the bigger world. But we don't know yet. I mean, I don't really know a whole lot about Minecraft, but to me, it kind of looked the same as the Wii U version. I thought it did too, man. Yeah, I mean, they showed uh, they showed the Mario stuff again, of course, like the you know the Mario World stuff that was added to the Wii version. Of course, that's still on there. They talked about a couple. Um, they said eight player online, four player split screen. I don't think that was on the Wii U version, or maybe it was. I don't know. I never played. I never played local. 
I think it was only two player. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. You can do four player. Um, the no talk of voice chat, of course, but there's no there's no way to do it, I guess, without the without their update or whatever, without their phone app that they're using. But I mean, are you excited about being able to play uh, Minecraft on the go? I, th- I th- figured you'd be really in, really into that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I I've done it on my laptop before, and it'll be better to not have that huge rig to play it. Yeah. And, uh, I've tried playing the pocket version that's on Android and even on uh, iOS. I've tried both versions. Yeah. And it's not the same, man. Trying to play it with a touch screen. Fuck that. Oh, yeah. No, I, I can imagine that being really complicated. So it, it sucks playing with a controller even because the keyboard and the mouse is the best way to play it. Sure. But uh, I'd rather play it with a controller than touch screen. So I'm yeah. all about the Switch version. I'll probably buy it and have yet another version of the game. <laughs> the fifth version of Minecraft I'll be buying for a system. Yeah, but, but this one's fully portable. You can take it around. Fully and, portable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I figured you'd be you'd you'd eat it up, you know. It'd be like you know, like how you're playing uh, Zelda all over the place. By the time that one comes out, you'll probably be not playing Zelda as much, I'm sure. And uh, you'll have that to just take around, take it to work, you know, play it wherever, wherever you're going, play, build your whatever stuff in that. <laughs> I think the appeal definitely is in the multiplayer. I'm really interested to see how well that works. If there's perpetual servers that people can come and go as they please. Or if whoever's hosting it has to be online to play multiplayer, like that'll be a buying point for me. Oh sure. Like if if you can create a server in a virtual space and go like like let's say me and you want to have a world. Yeah. Like we would want it to be where even if I was like unable to play, you could still go into the world and keep working on your shit or whatever. Oh, can I'm sure you can do that like in the latest versions, right? Or like in the PC version? Yeah, in the PC version, but you have to rent server space or establish your own server oh okay so yeah there's an extra part to it i see yeah that would be an interesting thing to see how they do that i don't i don't know i can't see them doing something as complicated as that or like as that much into it but who knows i don't know but it's nice to see you know nice to get a date for it it's coming out may may 11th which is really soon it's right before my birthday so it's less uh, than a month from now Oh, yeah, it is. So it's kind of pretty around the corner. So I'm wondering how much it's going to be. Hopefully it's not too, doesn't cost a whole lot, you know, considering that it's already. But I, I know that doesn't matter. But I'm guessing. It'll be at least 30. 40? Yeah, I was going to say 30 or 40 be my guess. But, yeah, it looks it looks cool. We'll have to see. I mean, we've you know, hopefully they'll we'll learn more as it gets closer to it. But speaking of something that's not $40, um, they did a little tiny. They did a little bit of a Neo Geo thing where they showed glimpses of games that are going to come out in the future, and they mentioned that Samurai Showdown Four is coming out tomorrow for eight bucks. We kind of very nice said that Samurai Showdown was going to get announced, so it's kind of cool that it did. Yeah, in, in our uh, site, in our actual episode that that'll be on after this, we do <laughs> we do we do talk about Samurai Showdown, and I just bought Samurai Showdown. Well, I just bought Samurai Spirits for the Super Nintendo, and I've been playing the. Super Famicom version of it on my Super Nintendo, so I'm already uh, ready to go with uh, Samurai Showdown. So, and I, I never played four, so I've only I think I've only played one. Oh, I've only played the first one. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about that. Plus, you got that. Is the uh, Super Famicom a port of the first one? I believe it's the first one. I think. Yeah, I think it's the first one because it has like the has the the cherry blossom leaves in the beginning, which, oh, I, th- yep. which I think is from the first one from the opening. All the characters look so small in that game, <laughs> like it doesn't. 
you know, I mean, it's a Super Nintendo game. It doesn't look as good as the Neo Geo SNK stuff, but yeah. Those sprites were huge on the arcade for sure. Yeah, but they're tiny. They're tiny on the Super Nintendo one. But uh, yeah, that's cool. And uh, the, yeah, that and Mr. Shifty comes out comes out tomorrow. So it's pretty dope. I like that. It. It's nice that they fit that in there. It's like I said, it's always nice to see stuff where it's like, oh, this is coming out today or oh, this is coming out tomorrow. So they put that on there. It was, they did a couple Sonic things after that. Sonic Forces, which that's the new 3D Sonic game, which I don't know if that was fully announced for the Switch yet, but now it has been. It, uh, I don't know. It's, it's like, like all Sonic games, you just kind of have to wait on this one, I guess. See if it's good or not. But it shows some of the 3D stuff, showed some 2D stuff. There, there's like a new other Sonic character in it, I guess. This, there's two Sonics that kind of talk about that. That's about it. They're like holiday, they said it's coming out in holiday 2017, and the first thing I thought when I saw that was, man, they're going to have a hard time selling that to people if they're going against Super Mario Odyssey for holiday yeah. 2017. I'm like, uh, I don't think you're going to sell a Sonic game against uh, a new 3D Mario. It's not going to, it's just not going to happen. Maybe you but should maybe, change your release date. Maybe the release date, maybe like... <laughs> Try to get it out before. If it, if it comes out before Mario, then maybe. Yeah, that, I figured they're gonna have to try to. They're gonna try to have to get out before Super Mario Odyssey because they're not gonna stand a chance if they try to come out around the same time. But people might still wait. Just wait for Mario anyway. Just because Sonic has been, he has pretty pretty rough past of 3D games, you know. So this is it's just not can't really can't really say much about my excitement for that until we get closer to it. But the one that was that they showed after that, Sonic Mania. I'm super pumped about that game. Yeah, that's the one I'm excited about, and I'm okay. I am unashamed that I'm excited about that game. Oh, that's fine. Well, since I just uh, we didn't mention it on our on our thing because I hadn't bought it yet. I just bought I just bought a Sega Genesis, so I'm totally in like you know Sega world now. So I'm totally excited about a new Sonic game that's like the old Sonic games. But we played we played this game for a while at the Switch preview. And it was another yeah, really one of those. Damn good time. Yeah, it was another one of those games that kind of won me over. That I wasn't really because I wasn't really expecting anything from Sonic Mania. I didn't even know what it was, and and now that I see that it's like a two D game that looks very much like the original Sonic games, you know, but in HD and like uh, sprite and like sprite art and all that, I'm totally into it. I'm like, it looks great. It looks really nice. Yeah, no solid release date on it though. It still just says summer, but yeah, it just reminded you that it's still coming out. It showed some more footage of it, and yeah, it looks it looks great. It's a, it's a game I'm really looking forward to. After that, there was uh, Project Makura. I don't know what that is. It's basically a game that looks like uh, where you're... These look like these little characters. Uh, they kind of look like the characters from uh, from uh, Metroid Federation Force, like the little guys with the helmets and the visors and all that. And I guess you're in a, you're in a room and you, and you butt-stomp things and it turns the tiles into your color or whatever and you do that back and forth until whoever wins. Yeah, it almost looks like Lights Out or something like that. But with lights out, yeah, you know the game where you like you would hit the middle and then all the lights around where you were would turn on or off. Oh, it's a little bit like Othello too. Oh, sure. So it's like an action version of something like Othello. Yeah, where you're uh, running around on an arena and changing the, and then you also get like power ups that change like how many tiles you affect when you butt stomp. Sure. But yeah, it's all about butt stomping. It is, yeah, <laughs> butt stomping and changing your colors. It didn't look like a. I don't know. It, it looks like it looks so simple for a whole game, but maybe it's just like a small ten dollar thing or something. It really looks like a mini game. Not yeah. A game, yeah. Agree. Right. Yeah. No. It definitely looks like a mini game more than a full game. But I don't know. I mean, there's no price tag on it. It's probably just like here's another thing that we have uh, here. Yeah. Take a look. You know. That's a work in progress. Sure. Yeah. Some of these games were kind of like weird. Like a uh, like Fate Fate Extella. Did you put anything down for that? No. 
the Umbra Star? Yeah, Fate Extella, the Umbra Star. It basically looks like, I mean, it looks like another Dynasty Warriors game, is, is what I thought. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. But, yeah, it was one player, but the draw of it was that you were so overpowered that you were fighting thousands of enemies. Yeah, it looked it looked like a, yeah, it looked kind of like, the way it was animated, it reminded me of Dynasty Warriors, or, or like Fire Emblem Warriors, or Hyrule Warriors, whatever, Dragon Quest Heroes, like, like those type of games. But it kind of looked like a, I don't know, the characters kind of reminded me of, like, Shin Megami Tensei type stuff, like the way they were animated or whatever. So that was another quick one that was like, oh, here's another thing that we have. And it's an Xseed game, right? I know they uh, said that they wanted to work on Switch. So they, the Xseed does does a lot of translations of Japanese games, if you didn't know. Hey, I'm happy to get all the quirky games on the Switch. Like, Oh, for sure, yeah. So if that's what they they specialize in, then I hope that this has a good response so they keep making these games. Yeah, if it's not fully uh, Dynasty Warriors, I might look into it. <laughs> you know, if it's if you fight a lot of people, but it's not just like covering different parts of the area is I don't know if it's different enough. I'll look into it. But yeah, it's cool that there's we're getting weird Japanese import stuff. That's always that's always good. Always good to see. It's coming out July 23rd. That one has that's another one that where they didn't say a whole lot about it, but it has a release date. So I guess they got that going on. They talked about Disgaea for a little bit. Disgaea 5. They said there'll be a demo out soon for it, but they didn't say when exactly it'll be. Make sure you know let that the the May twenty third release date on there again. This is one I still want to get just because it's out in Japan. And it's all in English. You know, think about trying to get it early. But but yeah, they talked about that a little bit. The that that's that's around the corner as well. No no real new stuff, I guess. But that's another thing that we saw like in the preview event. So kind of old news to us. I like the uh, demo. I'd like to play the demo for sure especially especially in english like if i can skip the japanese eShop exploit because as far as i know there wasn't a demo on the japanese version was there there isn't yeah i looked i looked today actually i looked to see if they had one and so there's, it's not there's like not we one missed on there. out on that demo but yeah even though we had the eShop account we just that was just being offered internationally as of today or soon yeah, as yeah, as far as I know, uh, we've downloaded all of the demos that there were in the Japanese shop. I think it's just Puyo and Dragon Quest Heroes. Dragon Quest Heroes. Mm-hmm. But for anyone who did not get, did not use the Japanese uh, d- Japanese eShop to get the Puyo demo, you can get it now. You can get the American Puyo demo. And I think I'm going to download this because it has a tutorial for Puyo. Oh yeah, <laughs> I told you, just stack it up and try to create combos. That's that's all you need to know. I know, but I'd yeah. still like to go through a tutorial if, sure. if it's available. Yeah, we'll give it a read. I, I mean, uh, why not download it? And if I don't like it, I'll delete delete it and keep playing the Japanese demo. Sure. Yeah, they're, they're, I figured they're probably about the same, except there's a tutorial mode in the English version. But yeah, I kind of went over Puyo. That's a that's a game that I've had for a while, so I already knew a lot of that. But they yeah they tried they talked about uh, how you can. Um, just like how you can get the demo and play and play some of the multiplayer versions in there. I know that swap modes it was available on the Japanese one. I don't know if it is on the American one on the demo, but hopefully it is. From what it showed in the video, it showed some of the uh, puzzle versus stuff that we were doing. It showed that on there. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, where you have to use like the same type of tetrad like forever for everything, and same when the same with the pool. You have to figure out how to get all the combos to come down to where they all disappear. It's one of my it's one of my favorite modes on there. But yeah, for all the people who don't have Puyo Puyo yet, play that demo because that game is really cool and it's right around the corner and, too. And this is like essentially a free game. Like this demo, you can play two player mode and yeah. have a ton of fun with it with your friends. With your you can play it with your uh, Joy Cons also. You can yeah. do it do it all Joy Con just right out of the, all two player right out of the box, which is always fun. 
to have stuff like that. So uh, <laughs> after that, they announced uh, Monopoly for the Switch, which was kind of like... About goddamn time. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, man, I really wanted that Monopoly. What? I've actually seen this game before. My my uh, my brother-in-law has this game. He actually showed it to me on PS4. The uh, it's, it's pretty much the same version, but it's like... It's, I just thought it was kind of funny. I was like, okay, well, whatever, you know? And But it's kind of interesting. It shows, like, the family. They, like, put the screen down on the table so it's like the board. And they're like, they're like it uses HD rumble so you can feel the dice moving around in your hand. It's like you're really rolling the dice. Yeah, so that's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know. You, you like Monopoly. It said you can unlock different different, like, boards for it. It's too bad you can't unlock, like, any of the Nintendo-themed Monopoly boards that they have out there. But, hey, whatever. But, you know, you can move that fucking shoe around that board, however you want to do it. I hope that the hat has a rabbit inside of it that moves it around. I think that was the NES version that had, like, where there was where they were kind of animated and they had stuff in them. Like, the hat one had a rabbit that would jump to move it. But, yeah, if you want to play Monopoly again on a Nintendo system, you can totally do it for the Switch. And you can feel the dice rolling in that HD rumble. Yeah. That one's uh, for the fall. No release date on that one yet, fortunately. <laughs> So yeah, another another. Uh, yeah, I think you alluded to it earlier, but we have another Wii U port to Switch, Rayman Legends, the definitive edition. I was alluding to this in another game. Oh sure, but yes, yeah, so I've never played this version. I played the uh, demo, but I've never played the full game of Rayman Legends. I have Rayman Correct. Legends for Wii U, and it is a very good game. So if you don't have it, and it's and, and they'll probably charge you like sixty bucks for it again. But if you don't have it and you want to pay 60 bucks for it for an older game, totally get it because it's a great game. I played a lot of it on Wii U, but I got it on the Ubisoft sale, so I got it for like $5, which is great. But yeah, I guess uh, I guess there's like some new... Uh, you can play it two-player with two Switches, which is pretty cool. Like They can hook up together. Um, there's like a new... There's a new multiplayer mode on it also. But it's, yeah, it's pretty much the other version well, once, you know, all over again. It's just like the definitive edition of that. Yeah, it's that version, but the definitive edition. Yeah, it's it's a cool game. I mean, you should totally play it if you haven't played it already. I probably definitely won't dive into that one again because I already have it for Wii U. But it is a really pretty game. It's uh, totally worth playing if you haven't played it before. Were you talking about the... Well, it's not that one. The uh, You're not talking about the THQ Nordic stuff, right? No. What was it? Uh, so, uh, Cinemora EX... Which looks, which is uh, some sort of shooter from Grasshopper. That one looked kind of cool, I guess. Oh, that looks really cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like I've it, it's it's come out before, right? Like I, I feel like I recognize the name Cinemora. I think it was the I don't know. It was re-released. I think it was on like PS3 and Xbox 360, maybe. I don't know. Oh, probably. But uh, yeah, it looks cool from what you saw of it. It's like a shooter. The levels look look neat. Um, it's it does but it's also basically, got like a story mode to it. Yeah, there's a story mode to it. It says something about like how you realize that you have everything to lose or something like that, and you have to fight for your life. So they get into some sort of weird story part about it in the in the trailer. They also showed a game called uh, what is it? Battle Chaser Night War. Yeah, that game. Looked, Chasers, that yeah. game looked cool. I mean, I it's a turn based it's a turn based RPG, so I was interested in it. And I thought the art style looked decent on it as well. So it's another one to look out for. I don't think either of those really got release dates. Well, it says, uh, yeah, it said summer for the Cinemora and late summer for, for the Battle Chaser Night War, which is based on a, I guess they had a comic about it or something like that. There's, uh, there's just still, there's still like a couple more left. Payday 2 online shooter. That That's one was. That's what I was alluding to. Oh, okay. I guess it's on Steam too, but I was, I was under the impression that Payday was a, was a PlayStation exclusive. Or I guess maybe Payday 1 was and Payday 2 wasn't. Yeah, I don't think so because I, um, 
It was available on my Xbox 360 back in the day. Was Payday 1 available or Payday 2? Both. Oh, okay. Because Payday 1 must have been a timed exclusive because when it did come out, it was I thought it was exclusive for a minute on PS3, like at the very oh. beginning. Because it was because uh, everybody said it was like PlayStation's answer to Left 4 Dead was Payday, and I and I played Payday one because it was uh, free on PlayStation Plus. I think Payday two was also eventually, but I never played it. But yeah, it's like a co-op uh, online co-op bank robbery. Kind of reminded me a little bit of like a Point Break almost, you know, with yeah. the, with the masks and like the you know well, bank robbing the aesthetic they're going for. Yeah. Did you, I mean, did you play it enough? Like, did you like it? No, I've never played it. Oh, you haven't played it? Okay. I, I played, like I no, said. Uh, I, the closest I've played is, uh, they said the heist missions in GTA Five were a little bit like PD. Oh, okay. I don't think they were completely. Yeah, I don't know. I, I never played GTA Five, so I, I don't know. think that they're the same because it's like, um, I think it's one of those games where you play like a type. So it's a strategy game based on like what your role is in the heist. Yeah. Did you ever play Left 4 Dead? Any of those games? No, no. Those games are actually really good. It's it's a shame that you... I'm surprised you didn't play that. You had a 360, and that was like one of the few games that they had as an exclusive that was worth playing. But no, Left 4 Dead was really cool. It's like a... It was like a... You were, you know, you were basically co-op. You and your buddy were trying to make it through like these different zombie scenarios, like sort of these different stories or whatever. And that's kind of how... That's kind of how this is, or how it's supposed... It's trying to be like, sort of like those games, where you have like your group together, but you have to get through this certain these different setups whereas like a set of zombies there's cops in, in this for payday or at least that's how payday one was so it, it could be cool i guess it's just it, it's it feel like i feel like P, payday 2 was a re- was released like five years ago or something like that maybe not five years ago but it, it was a long time ago it's been at least like three years i would say yeah so it's one of those things where it's like payday 2 huh well i guess did anybody ever want it no <laughs> probably not but hey here it is maybe they wanted a portable version of it it just it was really unexpected like i would have never ever guessed that ever that that was coming to switch but hey if they see uh i don't know maybe people will play it who knows just kind of a yeah crazy out of the out of the blue thing let's see what the prices on it yeah super cheap it should be like yeah it shouldn't be any more than twenty dollars i don't think i mean was was it even twenty dollars when it was new i think it was like a 30 no it was a full price game i think when it came out was it 60 i don't remember yeah i I didn't think it was ever that high hmm because I don't think Payday 1 was ever that high. I don't think it was 60. But I don't know. I thought it was like 20 or something like that. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see whenever it comes out later this year. That one didn't get a release date. I was hoping that maybe you were uh, some stuff getting ported uh, would be like Namco Museum, the game that keeps getting released for everything. This is like a different it's version, though. It's about time we got Namco Museum. I mean, because there was a Namco Museum that was released as a launch title for Game Boy Advance. So yeah, they keep it going, man. I played some Namco games at you know Midwest Gaming Classic. Yeah, well, there was a uh, speaking of Midwest Gaming Classic, Splatterhouse is on here. <laughs> Splatterhouse One is on the yep. Namco Museum. And so is uh, that the uh, Turbo Graphics version then? No, that's the arcade. That's the arcade version, I believe. Oh, it's the fucking arcade version. Yeah, because it look because if you watch it in the video, it looks much better than the Turbo Graphics game. I have the Turbo Graphics version for Wii, the Virtual Console. And it doesn't, it doesn't look that good. Like it's a, the colors were not as vibrant as they were in that trailer. So these are the arcade well, versions. And, uh, you can play things in vertical too, which is pretty cool. This is a vertical mode, but I don't know if you can actually, uh, they should, uh, release some sort of stand for it so you can actually put your switch in a vertical mode, you know, for oh, like right. handheld. Yeah, I was thinking that too about yeah. my TV. Well, I have to like rotate it at 90 degrees. 
Yeah, because I thought uh, when when I saw they, there was vertical mode, I was like, oh, cool, you can play it like that on your Switch. But I'm like, oh, but, but how would you do that? I guess you just had to lean it up against the wall. Well, you could like you could do it handheld, like where you use the stick to just go like you know, because it's only going to be like a couple buttons for some of those, you know. Like if it's like so Pac- one hand, if it's like Pac Man controls, and the other hand just holding the screen. Yeah, I played some stuff vertical on the Wii U. Like I would play, uh, I would play DS games like that, like the ones that were all touch. I would play them vertical, so you should be able to do it on the Switch too. Be interested to see if they if they get into that. But yeah, there's a couple. I mean, that Rolling Thunder game looks kind of cool that's on there. There were like some games that I hadn't played before on an, on an MQ Museum. So, you know, I mean, I'm kind of tired of like Dig Dug and Pac-Man because they've been on like everything. But Splatterhouse made it, made it be like, oh, maybe I'll get it if it's not if it's not super expensive. Yeah, I'd love to play the arcade version of Splatterhouse after that presentation we watched. Yeah, after we watched the presentation about it. That one's coming out in summer, the Namco, Namco Museum. And uh, the one thing, the most important announcement of the whole thing, the one we were really, really waiting for. They're releasing more standalone docs on my birthday at five ni- at yes. five nineteen. I know what I'm asking for. Give me three. Give me three. <laughs> Give me four. Give me four. Yeah, you can buy them from the Nintendo website. I hopefully, hopefully in limited, these in limited quantity. They did yeah. mention that. Yeah, and hopefully these scratch and warp it a lot more than the ones that already do. I Maybe. hope so. <laughs> these are brand new ones that that they just scratch more and warp more. Make it warp quicker. They they made a point to mention they were going to be like a limited release sort of thing. Like basically expect the docs to sell out the moment they go on sale. Yeah, I guess right. And they're like a hundred bucks, right, for the standalone doc. Ninety bucks. Ninety bucks. Yeah, I don't really need another one, but I didn't really know that they were in high demand because I've never seen one, I guess, or even knew that they had come out yet. So it's kind of funny that they took the time to tell you that they're making that they're coming out on that day. That's like the only thing I get for my birthday release is a standalone doc. Come on, guys. Yeah, for ni- for ninety bucks, you don't have to unhook the HDMI cable, you know, and <laughs> move it to another room. Or I could just like you know just pull the system out and just play it on the handheld. Shh. In another you want it room. to be on multiple TVs. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I mean that's what I do when I want to because I have the Switch hooked up in my living room. When I want to play it in my room, I just pull it out of the thing and just play it on the handheld in my room. That's what I do. <laughs> and now that I have three, now that I have three chargers or two chargers, I could just charge it too if I needed to and just play it in handheld. But hey, if you yep. if if you got the money and you want to play it on multiple TVs without unhooking the HDMI, you can do it now. Way to go! So uh, weirdly, uh, one thing I found really weird on this, like the rest of it's all Splatoon stuff. But uh, the first, I don't know if you noticed, but that Splatoon tournament that they were talking about there, that's for Splatoon one. I mean, obviously, because you can't play Splatoon two yet. But there's some big tournament going on where you can win E three tickets. Did you see that? It's happening at the end of the month. Yeah. Happening on the 22nd and the 29th. But that's for the original Splatoon, obviously. So they, there's a little bit of Wii U stuff in there still. <laughs> yeah. But a very that, small amount of Wii U. There was a very little bit of uh, Splatoon 1. They kind of just like, because I didn't notice, I mean, I didn't notice it was Splatoon 1 until I watched it a second time. But it, it makes sense, obviously, because the other one isn't out yet. But, but I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll get on and try to do that. I'll try to do some of that tournament stuff. Why not? I mean, I don't think I'm good enough to win E3 tickets, but they said you can win tickets to E3 with it, with your squad. You at least try. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. And then after that, they got into the Salmon Run, which we mentioned briefly earlier. But uh, yeah, they... Slaughter them hordes. Yeah. (laughs) They added like... uh, Stave them off. (laughs) They've added like some co-op, online co-op stuff for Splatoon 2, which I hope that isn't like 
going to be the replacement for the single player because that would suck because i hope there's still going to be a single player mode but they did at the very end they did say that they will talk it'd be talking about octarians later and octarians were the main villains for single player so hope we'll get to that they also added three more amiibo so that brings our amiibo count to 10 for this for this direct uh basically new versions of the old uh splatoon amiibo and you can use them to transport your outfits to another person's switch is that what they were doing? Could you could you figure out what you, uh what that you was? You like make a friend, like your amiibo is your friend within the game. Yeah, you can also you can also save your outfit to the amiibo, and they said yeah, like you can, yeah, uh, save your loadout or whatever yeah. to your amiibo, and then just scan it if you're playing at on someone else's system. Yeah, that's what they said. Like in case you're going to somebody else's house, you can just like tap it and be like, oh, there's my character, I guess. But yeah, it also kind of gives you a virtual friend. You can take pictures of yourself and your amiibo friend and post it to twitter and be like hey this is my amiibo this is my buddy i don't need human friends no more yeah. i got amiibo friends i don't need to talk to anybody i have this amiibo that i can talk to right here look at him he's beautiful we take pictures and we put them on twitter <laughs> yeah i don't know if you noticed but uh around the feet like they they have like the ink splashes coming up like off of the amiibo stand and that's a uh, it look that's got it's kind of like their replacement for like the ice boots and like the pea stand and all that so it kind of makes it look really cool, I think, those new ones. The splatters? Yeah, like on the bottom, they have like uh, like by their feet, there's like uh, ink like coming up, like it's splattering off the ground, and it's using it to, to like hold their feet instead of using like Smart. the, you know, whatever. So yeah, it looks, it looks cool. Uh, the, was it the girl has the, Inkling girl has the splat dualies, and the guy has the, has just the regular whatever. But they look really cool. Like the squid is like jumping up, and the ink is like exploding under it, and there's like a big, you know, line of ink going up to the squid. Looks super cool. Yeah. What do you think about the salmon run? It's kind of like a, what's a, did you ever play Serious Sam? Kind of reminds me of those games. Serious Salmon? Yeah, <laughs> Serious Salmon. Did you ever play the game Serious Sam? It's like an no. old school, it's like an old school, uh, well, it's an, it's a, it was like a newer first person shooter that's based on old school mechanics. So basically all you do is just shoot waves for the most part. It was, uh, I had, I had the GameCube version, but it came, but I think there was like a 360 and PS3 version, probably a PS4 and Xbox One version too. But yeah, it's kind of like where you just, you know, you just fight off wave after wave. And that's kind of how this is, except it's four player. And they, but they said that like the eggs that you collect, you might be able to get new stuff from them. So, you know, there's an importance to it, I guess. It's, it's cool. You're trying to collect gold eggs. Yeah. It's just kind of cool that there's a co-op version that's not versus somebody, you know. It's it's neat that they're adding stuff like that. I guess you know, like a part where you don't oh, have to, where you don't have to necessarily always fight people. You can just get your buddies together and just shoot salmon. <laughs> Different it's salmon, like compared to uh, Gears of War's horde mode. Yeah, also sure. Or like I said, most in any game, like a lot of games have horde modes in them. I mean, uh, I know Resident Evil did too. They made a whole game about it. That there was just this. Pro- Oh, a project or whatever, yeah. It was the one that was just, yeah, it was just the spinoff of the mercenary modes from Resident Evil 4. So, yeah, there's like, a, you have shoot guys named Chums and Steelheads, and there's Golden Eggs also. So Steelheads are like the boss version of the... Yeah, Steelheads are the big guys, the big salmon. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what so was your... Samus, Samus wasn't in this presentation, but Salmon was. <laughs> salmon was not in it, but Salmon, yes, was there. And you can collect salmon eggs, which are very good if you've not had them yet. They're very tasty. Salmon row is uh, one of the best things ever. So what were you? I mean, what did you? What do you think about this presentation as a whole? Like, what would you? Uh, what would you give? I thought this? it was crammed full of info. Like, I thought it was a good one. 
Yeah, it was really crammed, that's for sure. I kind of wish... We had some release dates where yeah. we're mapped out for April, May, and June, and July. I'll have, like, oh. major releases. Oh, yeah, I didn't even mention it. Uh, Splatoon 2 has a release date, July 21st. That Nintendo yep. guy totally lied to us. <laughs> we asked we asked the Nintendo rep uh, what day when Splatoon 2 was coming out, and he said that we wouldn't know until E3. And now we know early. Yeah, we know. Yeah. What a liar! Yeah, what a liar! But um, and we'll, there'll be more about this after the, after this. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty good. I kind of was hoping for more, I guess, like uh, mostly virtual console stuff and kind of more Switch based stuff, like maybe some more uh, more info on their online service stuff like that. But I guess I mean, this is the first direct, like first official direct since like since like what since like the 3ds one that they did last year well the january one uh well there was the uh, fire I mean, emblem yeah i mean there was the fire emblem one and there was the and there was the indie one but i don't but those were kind of like i don't know they were they were they were like smaller ones like they weren't as big you know where they have it it, it didn't seem to be like like a big one like this i don't know but yeah there's more and more games coming out like not not a whole lot like well i mean there's a couple that are around the corner but I don't know. I was just kind of hoping for for some some info on Virtual Console, but I guess we'll have to wait on that. But it's nice to see dates on a lot of these and like a lot of new things we hadn't heard about. Whole lot of whole lot of 3DS stuff, which is great. I guess. <laughs> don't forget about your 3DS. The, uh, it's still hanging the in there. Cloud Amiibos actually happening. Yeah. And the Bayonetta. Well, yeah, of course they were happening. I mean, we just it just took a very long time to get around to them, but they're on there. So yeah, I don't know. It was a uh, yeah, it was it was cool. I, I enjoyed it. It was just so fast, just so much so much stuff. Speed had, run. Yeah, they definitely speed speed run through it. Yeah, I had to watch it again to make sure I caught everything. But uh, yeah, if there's if there's nothing else to say about it, we'll just go on to our to the, the rest of the episode then. Yeah, check out the rest of this episode. All right, on to sixty five. <laughs> This week on Nintendo Main, I got enough street passes to get all the puzzle pieces. And I learned all about Ralph Bayer's legacy. Ralph Bayer. Nintendo Main episode 65. We are live, well not live, but we're sitting next to each other in the hotel room at the Sheridan Hotel for Midwest Gaming Classic. We're live and I can't drive 65. I thought it was 55. Yeah, but I missed the joke <laughs> 10 episodes ago, so I have to do it now. Oh yeah, Wait, I don't even know what 55 was. So yeah, we're, we're at the Midwest Gaming Classic. Uh, we bought some shit, which we'll talk about later. Um, we're just gonna, you know, give you give you our thoughts on the thing. We talked to a Nintendo rep for a bit, learned some shit. But um, first off, let's talk news for a minute. There's a couple things that happened since last episode that we hadn't mentioned. Like, uh, we didn't see what was getting released on Thursday, so there was some eShop shit that came out. Graceful Explosion Machine came out for Switch on Thursday, and it's a pretty cool game. I got it. It's twelve bucks, and uh, it's a very stylized shooter. It actually reminds me of a Pixel Junk shooter, if you ever played that game for PlayStation 3. Kind of along the same lines. It has a really good soundtrack. 
And it's a lot about, like, uh, you know, moving around and surviving against all these multiple enemies, and you get different weapons and stuff like that, and it's been a lot of fun to play. <laughs> uh, what else came out on Thursday? Um, there was that. There was a vertical shooter. There was a Neo Geo vertical shooter, which I cannot remember the name of, but that came out. And there was a third one. Oh, yeah, the Room game. The game that we talked about with the witch lady moving around on the flying motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, we guy. mentioned that before because we both got the Japanese eShop accounts to check out the demos and stuff. And uh, there was, well, there wasn't a demo, but there was a video for this game. And it was of a witch riding a flying motorcycle, but she still has her broom with her. Yeah, no, but you can get that game now. and It's called like Vroom Vroom or something like that, or just Vroom. Yeah, I had no idea this was going to be a domestic release for us. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know it was either. But it is on there now, so you can get it for what is it, nine ninety nine, I think. So it's not that expensive if you wanna try out some flying motorcycle action with a broom in your hand. Yeah, and if you want you can try to drive sixty five, but I bet you'll fly it. You don't need to drive sixty five because you're in the air. There's no roads, man. There's no speed limits. You don't need it. Ain't no limits in the her. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's that came out. That's uh, since we recorded earlier, we were not able to talk about that. Um, there was an interview with Square about Switch. They were talking to them about uh, the Switch and the Xbox Scorpio, and they basically said that they were most interested in developing for the Switch, which is pretty cool. So that's that's always good to hear. I mean, I guess hopefully more than the uh, Seiken Densetsu, which they're already doing. Don't you think maybe there's a possibility that there's a lot of pressure with the Scorpio because they're you know, Xbox is touting it, or Microsoft, rather, I should say, is touting it as like, you know, this is like a really high-powered gaming computer, so it'll be the best games possible on a home console. That's a lot of pressure for developers, don't you think? Like, they have to have some serious graphical prowess to justify being on the Scorpio, right? Yeah. Actually, what I what I think is, uh, since uh, Square Enix is a Japanese company and, like, no one in Japan gives a shit about an Xbox, I figured that that's <laughs> probably why they have no interest in developing for it. Because uh, yeah, why would you why would you own one if you lived in Japan? I guess. Oh, and, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I know they had a really hard time selling them. Well, they did that Blue Dragon game to try to get people interested in it in Japan, which had like a Kiri Toriyama art in it from Dragon Quest. But yeah, they couldn't get it. They couldn't get anybody to care, and nobody really gave a shit about an American developed system in Japan. So aside, I mean, it's cool that they're talking about being excited about making Switch stuff, but at the same time. I just don't think they give a shit about <laughs> about Xbox One, like yeah. really, as a Japanese company. So maybe that was even just kind of like a jab at Microsoft. Maybe it was less of a serious statement. I mean, I don't know because well, they did. I mean, they did produce uh, like Deus Ex Machina, and that was like you know that was like more of a not necessarily a Japanese game, I guess. That's true. They also have like a huge back catalog that they can bring to the Switch. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. They might as well just <laughs> dump all that out on us. Like, yeah. let's give us you know give us some portable like. All the way up to 13, I'm sure. The 13 would run fine on the Switch. Oh, <laughs> what, Final Fantasy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it would run uh, fine, true, but I don't but want it on there. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's capable to run that, I'm sure. I mean, it is, but why would you? Like, why do you, do we really have to get put through 13, 1, 2, and 3 again on another system? I don't know. Like, uh, why not give, <laughs> give the option to people that have never been able to play them? Like, myself, for instance, who has missed most of the PlayStation era, or most of the PlayStation stuff since... PS2. Yeah, I wonder how that works. I mean, I guess uh, they could probably put the PC version of like Final Fantasy VII on there, but I don't think you can do a direct port of the PlayStation versions of those games on the Switch, right? They would have to do some sort of workaround, I think. I don't, I don't know how the contracts work or like what, you know, because they've never, I don't think they've 
I mean, Final Fantasy VII isn't on like Xbox or anything like that, or was it ever? I mean, if it was, it must have been the PC version. No, it wasn't. Yeah, so I do think they had an exclusivity yeah. clause of some form with. I mean, well, but Steam has a uh, seven. Steam has eight. Steam has nine. Oh, so they had PC versions of it then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that then they could port that, I guess. So I mean, I guess I don't want to compare Switch directly to Steam, but it's still an alternate platform to. But Sony. I think I, I think I read something. That and they it's said actually that, yeah. Did it you runs read? on Microsoft Windows in many cases. I was going to say, didn't you? There was an article where somebody was saying that Nintendo was actually trying to kind of trying to operate like Steam for their eShop stuff. I read an article about that. Oh point. right, so yeah. that might be kind of what they're trying to. No, get I remember to. that. I don't. I just hope they do the remember same sales. Who was talking about it, yeah. But that's. I mean, what do they mean by that? Like, are they just trying to like? Is that going to be their eShops going to be more like Steam? Are they just going to have like a huge torrent of stuff all of a sudden, and uh, it's going to go on crazy flash sales all the time? Like I said like, that's that's what I'm hoping for. It is uh, or the, the eShop whole... sales. Well, Wii U did have a lot of eShop sales, so you never know. Like, I bought a. I mean, I bought like three Ubisoft games for like fifteen dollars, like full on. You know, like Assassin's Creed Four, Watch Dogs, and and Rayman for fifteen bucks. So they did a crazy sale on that. So I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. Well, also let's not forget that they actually did a humble bundle of Nintendo games, which is like it's it true. still they feels, did it a couple times, yeah, Two times, uh, yeah. yeah, 3ds and Wii U games. Those times still feel like an alternate universe. I still can't believe that really happened. But I mean, they were That's like they were all really indie cool. games for the most part, but still like. Holy crap, like you got some games for your Nintendo console, like cheap. And that's not, I mean, yeah, Nintendo has some pretty good, you know, prices here and there, but they're never like rock bottom prices, like, you know, getting a $50 game for $3 or something like that. Well, Steve not, does. For, not for their main stuff. It never does. Right. Because never. their shit, like, always retains value. It does. Like, the best it you really will does. see is like 1999 select version. You're never going to see, like, even for like the Wii U stuff, you're not going to see like Mario 3D Land or Mario 3D World three dollars you know you'll, you'll never see that because they just don't do that but for third-party stuff you did see that on wii u so i yeah. don't know what they meant by that i think and- you're right the <laughs> selects price is is rock bottom for nintendo and that itself is justified by the fact that they've sold enough copies they know you know that they've already sold the game to everyone that wants it and now you know new adopters can get it for cheap but Anybody who really wanted that game already bought it, yeah, at full price. And it's and most of the time it's a game that's worth more than twenty dollars. So it's always a good, you know, because they sell like stuff like Link to the Past for twenty dollars. I mean, that's a great game. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like most of the select stuff that they have is a game that's worth more than twenty dollars. But it's you great mean to like, get it for uh, that. did you mean Wind Waker? Is Wind Waker twenty now? Well, you said Link to the Past. I meant Link Between Worlds. Link Between Worlds, because yeah. that's because that's twenty. Because that became a select. That's a fantastic game, and it's really not that old. Well, I mean, or, or like, like or like Luigi's Pushing Man- Three, or like Luigi's Mansion, or like Animal Crossing. Like a lot of these games are have become selects, or like Donkey Pikmin Kong. Three, Donkey Kong Returns to yeah, Pikmin Three, Lego City Undercover, which we talked about last week. But yeah, <laughs> you know stuff like that. I feel like uh, it's still worth it. But we'll see. I mean, you know, we're still in the wild, wild west of Switch, like we said last episode. I guess I just am not completely clear on what it means to be like Steam, like. Because that's a whole I don't ecosystem. Know either. I'm, not, I'm not actually looking at the article. That's a whole ecosystem that has it. its own like social networking kind of, not necessarily like a social networking thing directly, but like, you know, everybody's connected through that and you can leave comments and you can talk to people. And you can message people who are on yeah. Steam. And you can also gift games to people, which is pretty cool. Well, you used to be able to do that on Wii. Yeah. And I missed that. I used to gift games to people. And <laughs> or you I had can, games gifted to me as well. 
That was a cool thing. I, I, was, I was upset that you got you couldn't do that anymore in Wii U. No, I love the fact that you can. You know, I don't have a lot of Steam friends to be honest. I have well, Max who was on here before. I have one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if I don't get on Steam, right? Because you could be friends with me. I just don't use Steam because I don't. I just don't care. I mean, I I bought one game on Steam. I bought a uh, Knights of the Old Republic which I played through most of before, to try to play it all the way through. And I just, you know, got distracted by other things. It's not a bad game, but, you know. That's a, that's like the downside so of Steam, that it does kind of make you just buy a bunch of games and never play them. Like, I bought Far Cry 4 right before the Switch came out, and I still haven't even really started it. Like, do I you, think I, mean, I put, like, like, 20 minutes games? into it. Oh, you oh three, I mean, right? to be honest, and this sounds kind of lame, but I just wanted something graphically cool on my expensive computer. Oh, sure. No, I understand. And, and a, a first-person shooter wasn't something like a visceral first-person shooter. Like, very specifically, I wanted something kind of gory and something, you know, where I'm, like, viewing the world in the first person, but it's also kind of adventure Because, like, I really liked Far Cry 3. Like, that's one of the few first-person shooters I've, like, totally cracked out on. Yeah, a lot of people like that. I just, uh, I played Far Cry 1 and 2, and I tried to like them, but I just, I didn't like them as... I thought I would. I mean, I didn't beat either of them, so. I'd read lots of great things about Far Cry 3 online, you know, years before I got an Xbox 360, and then I still waited a really long time to get that game because I waited until it was super fucking cheap because I didn't want to pay more than, like, 20 bucks or something. I think I got it for, like, you know, 15 or $20 on an Xbox sale, and I played it a lot. Like, I realized, you know, it was worth every penny because I played it a lot until I beat the crap out of it, and so... I, I pretty much figured, you know, I, I probably will like Far Cry 4. And, you know, I'm behind the times because there's been another Far Cry game since then. Primal? Yeah. Which, I don't even know what I don't even know what's in Far Cry 4. Oh, it was like the first, it was like one of the first, like, next generation. It was like, oh, this is the first new right, yeah, it like, came PlayStation out in, 4 game. I remember that. It has, like, yeah. the dude sitting on the throne or whatever on the front of it. Yeah, it wearing, came like, out in, like, September or, like or October of uh, 2014. Like, it's a... Uh, it's not a new game, but I still wanted something, you know, because the PC version could still be bumped up depending on your hardware to look better. So I just wanted it to run at max res on my computer, whatever max specs, and uh, play around with it. But like I just said, there's one of the pitfalls of Steam. I, I waited around to buy that game, but I got distracted by But now you don't care. Yeah, Right, I don't care. It's still waiting for me, though. And what's great about it is it's waiting for me on every platform. Well, not every platform, but any, like... Anything computer I use that I log into, Steam, yes. Yeah. So even if I were to use my brother's computer, I could still log into my Steam account and play Far Cry on his computer, which I would never do, yeah. but that's an option. I could have multiple computers, whatever. So that's maybe what I'm seeing. Maybe that's in the roundabout way what I'm actually getting at is that Nintendo's truly unifying the eShop. Sure. I mean, it would be nice if you could do that, if <laughs> you could like sign in on another Switch and download something, but I know that's not the case yet, and I don't see it as being the case like i know you can do that on playstation like you could do it on psn on playstation 3 and we actually kind of exploited it a little bit like my old roommate conan well he's still my roommate uh <laughs> we uh we we did the game share as we called it where i would like sign in under his name and download all the games that he bought on psn and he would sign in under my name and download all the games that i bought and you used to be able to do that through like 10 different systems so you could like give them to your friends and you basically now you can only do it through like two or three i think but yeah, we do the game share where you just sign in and then you download it. And you don't even have to be signed into that particular name to play the game. So I could just like get on Conan's name, download all his games, and play under my name, and then just be able to play his games forever until my system 
gets its memory wiped, and then I'd have to sign in again and download it. So I don't know. Maybe I don't see that coming, but who knows? You know, we're still in the Wild West, but that doesn't seem like a Nintendo thing that they would do. It really doesn't. That's why I'm really skeptical. I mean, you can't even transfer your saves from, like, one system to another. Yeah. I mean, they can probably fix that eventually, let's hope. I hope so, yeah. I mean, it's... They should, I mean, I would love if they added that to their online system that they're going to do, that they could do some sort of, like, cloud backup. That would be a very, very nice thing to do. I would love it if there was just, yeah, there needs to be a cloud. And even more so, like... Well, PlayStation Plus does that, and I thought that was one of the greatest things that they did. That it'll automatically back, back up all of your saves into the cloud for you. without You don't even have to do it. It just does it on its own. And every time you have a new save, it backs it up into the cloud. It's part of the perks of PlayStation Plus. Yeah, I use cloud saving on... Minecraft on my Xbox 360 yeah. like three or four years ago. But did it do autom- do it automatically? No, like you, you had, had to, to do it. Well, once you n- actually, yes, it did because once you chose that as your save destination, it would. But it gave you the option local or cloud. So if I was playing a multiplayer world with my friend, I would save it in the cloud. If I was playing my single player mode, I would save it locally just in case. In that off sure. chance, I didn't have internet access, I could still play. Yeah. Well, on the on the PlayStation front, it would do both. Like you would save it locally, and then when you weren't playing, your PlayStation would boot up at a certain time, which you would schedule it to, and it would basically sync all of your trophies and back up all of your saves to the cloud while you're asleep, which is pretty cool. I never saw any other system that did that. But this isn't a PlayStation cast. This is a Nintendo cast. <laughs> We're just we get a little uh, you know we got a little loose and went a little bit. It's okay. I mean, here stuff. we are at the uh, Midwest, Midwest Gaming, Gaming Classic. Classic. Yeah. We're actually in a room together. In a hotel, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we are literally, what, 50 feet from the action? Maybe a little longer than that, but... Yeah, well, the action, I mean, it's like one in the morning. There's no action going on right now, but we were. You know, it was like, wake up and... Just walk right get there. Get ready and yeah. just go out your front door. Yeah. I ate some yogurt with some granola in it. I had a cold breakfast sandwich, <laughs> but uh, that's not that's not important. But beside uh, the point, we got some food, and we were in the thick of it all, and uh, it was great. That we were. Uh, let's do one other quick news thing that I... Actually, a couple, before I forget. Blizzard said some shit about the Switch, talking about the possibility of Overwatch being on there, which uh, we talked about a couple of episodes before. We said that... Well, you said that it wasn't possible. I figured it wasn't possible either, but I don't really... I don't really play Overwatch, so I don't know. But, uh, but they talked... But they basically... You know, in a very polite way, said that it's a possibility, but that it would be very complicated. To right, do it. and I think with, I think I saying. did offer the caveat that, and they said they'd have to do some sort was, of testing that it was to figure impossible out how, at yeah. the current like level it is. It would have to be its own unique version of the game, whether yeah. that be you know downgrading the textures or the models or whatever. It may not be fundamentally changing the game, but it's still not its own. It, it would have to be its own piece of code. But yeah, it's also possible that, you know, they allow Overwatch to run on a really low spec computer that's similar to the Switch. I doubt it. Well, they do. Well, I mean, Blizzard, they make uh they try to make their stuff as like approachable as possible. So, but Overwatch it does, is notorious so it can for go ha- in like a for requiring yeah. a like a really nice computer, I think even I thought it was yeah, I was told it was the other way around that um that you can run it at a, on a slower computer because they want more people to use it. Mm. And that this possibility to use it at a lower resolution is what I was told. But then again, I don't know if that equates to like what the, I know Warcraft what the Switch, was like that. Yeah, but I don't think Overwatch works that way. I don't know. I mean, I, there's, there's a lot going on. In that there's game. specs online that you can find that like what the minimum PC requirement is for Overwatch. I don't know all the specs of the Switch, so you would have to know that to figure out like whether that can run or not. But just uh, I, I just like the idea that they're open to looking into it. You know, it's always a good yeah. Sign. 
and about I don't know, but they're also expressing maybe some like I mean like there's no like really solid knowledge of what the online environment's going to be like for the I mean yeah. we were just talking about really, it's going to be like Steam really yeah. like you know Overwatch wouldn't like that they're not on Steam like well that's just kind of I mean that's just uh, some representative saying like right that they want to take a approach to Steam which means whatever means whatever you know they're just saying like oh. Maybe we'll do that eventually. Which I meant Blizzard, not Overwatch. Obviously, Overwatch isn't, no. <laughs> isn't the uh, company. Well, over Mr. Overwatch said, <laughs> uh, "We do it this way." I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking. Mr. Overwatch is a person, and he feels uh, that you were incorrect on that. I mean, we never got Warcraft on our GameCube, so you know. We did get Starcraft on 64, though. Don't forget, there was a Star Trek, That's Starcraft true. 64, which we did not mention last episode. Sorry, a uh, couple people who like that game. I apologize. Um, not that. I'm not saying anything. If you like StarCraft and you're listening to this, cool. I never played it. I hear it's a great game. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, another funny piece of news that I wanted to mention is uh, apparently Darksiders, the Ultimate Edition, is still coming to Wii U. So, turns out the Breath of the Wild is not the last game. <laughs> the last two game, true game for Wii U. Yeah. So, anybody who wanted to play Darksiders 1 on Wii U, you can still do it. I thought it was kind of funny that they're saying, like, oh, nope, we're still putting it out. Because, you know what, why not? <laughs> Maybe somebody will buy it. So so I, I guess if uh, Zelda was the, the, the swan song, then Darksiders, the dark one would be the black swan? <laughs> well, I wanted to say, like, and but I didn't want to get too much into the stuff that I bought today. But it's like the, uh, let's say it's like the Just Dance 2017 of Wii. Or like the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 of 64, where it came out like way after the fact, where the system was obvi- obviously done. Yeah. But, you know, it can happen. I mean, another piece of news that I completely forgot about, uh, X- SNK developers are making a fighting game for Super Nintendo. And it's fully 3D. Well, it said it was 3D, but it's not. But uh, It's not 3D. But uh, yeah, like a Japanese fighter for a system that's been dormant for, I don't know, years. A lot of years. Uh, 26 years is probably about. <laughs> no, you're looking at more like, holy shit, you're not wrong. <laughs> well, that is what the, that is what the article said. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, when did the Super Nintendo go out? Probably like 98, right? When the 64 came out? Let's say absolutely last game that came out on that. Oh, no, 64 was 96. 96, so, yeah. So, yeah. 21 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're in, yeah. That's still a long-ass so, time. Yeah. Anyway, but I think that's awesome that they're doing that because as we saw at the show, which we'll get into, a lot of people do uh, homebrew NES games, but not enough people do homebrew Super Nintendo games. And you know what? Let's do that. Let's make a HD Super Nintendo. Let's get this going. That's all I'm saying. Is there another news thing that I forgot before we get into uh, our topic about the Midwest Gaming Classic? I don't think so. Uh... I don't have my phone on me. I, it's over wherever. I've just been <laughs> pulling all. I've just been pulling all of this from my memory. I know that's great. And that's the way it should be. So yeah. I'm not even going to look. I haven't looked at my notes because I didn't make notes. I made notes in my own head. So there you go. He's a true G. He, he, he's from a mentality before paper. <laughs> I'm from, a, yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm pre-paper. Paper was always a thing for me, but sometimes you can do without. Anyway, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. All right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get into uh, some Midwest classic gaming stuff. Let's do it.
quick news thing before we get into that. Apparently, Mr. Shifty's coming out next week for the Switch. I'm super excited about that. Mr. Shifty was a game that we saw on the indie Nintendo showcase thing, the Direct. Uh, Mr. Shifty looks a lot like Hotline Miami, which is a which is a game that I had a lot of fun with. Has a killer soundtrack as well. Oh, the soundtrack's amazing. And uh, I think it's sort of like a strategic top-down shooter. Well, basically strategic in a way that you can't just like run into a room and expect to like kill everybody. You basically have to think of every move that you make, and I like that about it. I found it an enjoyable game. And Mr. Shifty kind of looks a lot like that. Mr. Shifty can phase through walls. It's basically his shifting, and it looks a lot like that, and I expect it to be cool. So I love this uh, slow drip of games that we're getting. So that'll be our next week game. It'll be Mr. Shifty, so I can't wait to play it. And the Switch is a great spot for the indies to land, because once again... Well, that's all we got right now. You can take it to go. (laughs) But you can take these games to go, and... Yeah, I suppose you could do that with a laptop with a lot of games, but it's still not quite the same thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, the laptop is the only thing that's like less portable than the Switch, right? Well, well, you couldn't do these things on a tablet without some kind of physical control. The Switch does a great job of being a mediator for all this. Yeah, but uh, speaking of Switch, we're we're at the Midwest Gaming Classic, and I expected to see some Switches while we were here, but I have not. The only Switch that I saw was one that was being sold. In the merchandise tent. I saw one today, otherwise. You saw somebody playing one? No, I saw someone flash me their Switch. Did they? It was Mr. Jeremy Parrish. That's what he was carrying in his... Oh, he showed bag. it to you? Yeah, he all was right, like, cool. I yeah. play my Switch all the time. That's why I have it with me right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, we got to chill with uh, Retronauts for a little bit for uh, Hangout and all that. But uh, yeah, I didn't... Uh, I, I saw I saw Switch like being sold for $420 with Zelda included in one of the booths at the merch tent, so... And you saw a one-two Switch game, also. Yeah, I did, but it was a brand new, so he was selling it for full price. Oh, okay. And uh, there's a museum room at this game convention where you can play a lot of old games, and uh, one of them that's not that old. There's a there's a Bomberman R there that you can play on Switch, which is pretty cool. Oh, I didn't see that. It was in the corner. Oh like, wait, right, right, right by the Lycon games. No, I remember you, now you because it, it yeah. was in like uh, they had the pro controller kind of like taped up, so it was attached to the cable. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, so you wouldn't take it. Yeah, it was taped to the charger and yeah. went into the whatever. Yeah, and then the uh, actual switch was inside of a case with like a glass screen. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, all the all of the consoles that they had were in were in like glass plastic. Whatever. A lot of them were. There were a Cases. lot. There were several that were not because it was just impossible to play it that way. Yeah. But most of them, most of them are sealed away. Like you, you can't really get in there and switch whatever around. But yeah, we're we're Midwest Gaming Classic, uh, walking around looking at different stuff. There's like so much shit going on that it's kind of like hard to get through everything. Um, very very busy. I felt like we didn't have enough time to see everything. Thankfully, we get we get to look through it tomorrow too. But today there was a uh, you know a lot of different panels and stuff. Uh, friend of the show Jeffrey Wittenhagen, we went to see his panel. He talked about uh, NES games, like new NES games that are being made. Uh, we get to talk to the we get to talk to the dude um, who made like the Halloween eighty five yeah what a cool whatever the guy and they had a really cool booth set up where um, they had the game running through uh, the just, a- a, just standard HD TV well it had the it had the AVS which the AVS system if you're not familiar is the NES HD system which they actually made last year like somebody was selling one here last year at Midwest Gaming Classic and that's the first time that I had heard of one. But yeah, he had a. They had like three different. There was like two HD TVs and a and a CRT TV playing through a regular NES. But yeah, you got to play it for a while. I got to play it for a while. But yeah, the the uh, what would you call it again? The AV NES. The AVS. AVS was uh running through like had it been a fifty inch screen at least. It was huge. <laughs> yeah, they were big. They, I, I would guess like fifty probably. 
for those but HDTVs. It looked amazing. Like, you know, all the pixel art was preserved in perfect glory and giant, a giant version, but it looked great. It kind of, it kind of looks a little bit like, uh, Retro City Rampage for sure. Or, sorry, River City Rampage. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. Well, and there's a Retro City Rampage also for 3DS. It's the same art style. Right. But yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. They definitely had that same, like, big head, like, circle, uh, circle, uh, fist sort of thing. Um, one thing when I was talking to the guy, he was very, he was very adamant about talking about like how responsive it was like through the HD. He's like, he's like, no, hit the button. There's like no delay. Like, so it's super responsive. You can just play it, you know? Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so when I was, when I was playing that. the game, I, I went up and played it separate, you know, after you'd already played it and, uh, he was just playing on the big screen. So I hopped on cause they, they had it going through a CRT also, which was amazing. They had it yeah, running the, on yeah, an the, NES yeah, in the middle. through a CRT and, uh, Man, I played it and he was kind of giving me tips. He's like, well, you know, like you gotta get, you gotta knock that head off that zombie. The best way to do that is oh, to yeah, the uppercut. Yeah. do the uppercut. And he reminded me, you know, that you can switch between characters. So it kind of felt a little bit, it reminded me like a, <laughs> of the a light version of the switch event. Yeah. <laughs> of the switch. Yeah. He wasn't as pressuring though. I think but yeah, the whole time were. I'm talking to the guy, I'm kind of thinking in the back of my head, like, this guy probably actually made this game, which oh, you is know, way I, different. Yeah. But I, I didn't want to just it. like jump to a conclusion. I wanted to, play the game and enjoy it but once i had played it for a good like five or ten minutes i was like so uh given your level of knowledge were you involved in the production of this game and he's like oh yeah i helped program it and then i totally kind of tried to pick his brain a little bit like you know how did you actually assemble these cartridges and all that essentially you know the the, the uninteresting answer is that you know they bought all the parts and put them together themselves yeah I, I overheard that part of it where he's like oh we buy all these things from different places like we buy the we buy the plastic from one place we buy the stickers from one thing like we get the yeah. like we get like the circuit boards from another thing or whatever but i think it's cool i mean i think it's very cool that people are still doing that and uh, i really wish like i said earlier with the snk stuff i really wish that people would be doing this for super nintendo it's like there's so much like added stuff for nes and uh, jeff was talking about in his panel Talking about like it's, clo- he said it's getting close to uh, the homebrew going over the uh, the actual released games for the NES. That there might be eventually more of those than the actual games that came out. Oh, a total number, you mean? Yeah, they're saying like because there's like 700 and I don't know how there's like 400 or something like that of the other ones. There's a lot of the NES ones, but yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool to play it. It was really smooth, and it was uh, that game's like a lot less complicated than like uh, Has Been Heroes. Like when we were playing that, yeah. It's like something we understand, you know, because it's like 2D, you know, you know, it's like 2D fighting thing. And uh, he basically just told me stuff like, I'm like, why is my character turning blue? He's like, oh, we well, are getting poisoned. And I'm like, oh, shit. And he's like, well, just hit, just hit select and you'll switch to the other character and you'll be okay. And I'm like, all right. And then he's like, oh, break that, break that box and you'll get some candy. But it wasn't like anything that I understood the way the game worked, you know, it's just kind of like, he's like, oh, you know, do this and you know, there's an extra move for this and this is another one. But it wasn't as like, I didn't feel as pressured, I guess, probably because there was nobody there. It was just, <laughs> just me and him playing it. No, and absolutely. I didn't feel pressured either. And yeah. once again, like a glaring difference between the two is that, you know, this guy helped make this game, like he helped program it. At one point I was like, you know, you go into this cave, I think it's like the second level or whatever. And I'm like, hey, look, it's got parallax scrolling, just kind of like throwing out a buzzword I remembered from well, it looked like back it. in the Super yeah. Nintendo. I was like, era. oh, yeah, no, cool. They figured that out. And he's like, <laughs> well, actually, you know, that's not parallax scrolling. And he kind of like described to me how they 
you know, did a trick with something with the vertical lines. I mean, I don't know what he was talking about. I mean, I, but because <laughs> there's some sort of a uh, yeah jargon uh, or whatever. But it was an know, exploit. Stuff we don't know. Yeah, it was an exploit of you know what was already in the hardware. And of course, there. I mean, you know, we've all there are several NES games that have that effect. Some of the later ones, even official releases, but it was still like a, a late era NES thing, and then uh, a huge, I guess as far as I remember and why I threw it out in the first place was one of the huge uh, sure. selling points for the uh, SNES was that, you know, that illusion of depth created by different levels of the picture scrolling differently. Oh yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. The different backgrounds. And that's, that's kind of like what made me fall in love with the super Nintendo is I love that. I love that background area. <laughs> it was like, I was like, when I was at school, I was like, I want to live back there. I want to be back there on the mountain and the way back. It looks great. Which is kind of <laughs> cool too, because if you, if you've ever used an, a PC emulator, a lot of times you can, you know, it's one of the F buttons, F something on most emulators where you can like take out layers. I guess they're called layers. And oh, so really? You can I get rid know. of that. You can get rid of the background. I don't know why you would ever want to. But it's so beautiful, man. But you can take like it away. So there's something about how it's programmed that an emulator can uh, dissect each of those layers. That's cool. So yeah, no, it was really cool to talk to that guy who was, uh, yeah, who made the NES stuff. I wanted to. I really wanted to get like one of them on the show, but he seemed, you know. I, I mean, once I, again, what was that game? It was like called uh, Haunted Halloween '85. Was that what it was called? Yeah, there were a couple of them. There were some uh, sequels to them, either either '84, '85, '86. I thought there was like three or four, but it may only be two. But yeah, they seemed cool. And there was also uh, don't forget about the uh, thing where you could fucking play a keyboard like through your NES. That was insane. Like a cartridge that you put in through your NES, and there's like a cord that comes out of it. Yeah. Plug a keyboard into it. There's like a there's like a Bluetooth speaker on top of the NES, like playing. Well, I actually yeah. like I put this up on my Instagram because I was so impressed by it. They had a a Lessus Q25, which you know I'm not trying to sound like I really understand music equipment that well, but as far as I know, it's just a it's a it's MIDI a, it's a MIDI a USB MIDI controller. Yeah, I mean I had I have an Alessis keyboard. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm and that was interfacing with. A cartridge called Chip Maestro, which you know, for all intents and purposes, looks like a NES cartridge, and it's a uh, see-through, right? It's, it's, it's like it a see-through, yeah, transparent plastic. But otherwise, it has like you know a cord that runs out of it that you can. And I don't know if it was an XLR card. We talked about it. It wasn't an XLR, but it no, was it's not sort. an XLR. It's a. It was something. It was like had a. It, it, it's like the same size of a plug, but it has like four different holes in it that I don't. I'm not. Yeah, I'm but not whatever it was, with, whatever it was, that cord is kind of a a female that runs into a male version that goes into the MIDI controller. Yeah, but it was cool. I mean, yeah, you played around with it. You can hear it. You can hear it through the NES. And uh, there was yeah. a card they had displayed that let you know, like, you know, you, you, you change this setting on the keyboard. Like, obviously, you could run through the octaves and you could go through the different octaves. Yeah, because it wasn't a very big keyboard. No, so, like, I mean, it was a had, like, yeah, yeah, it was like a 16 key. Well, 16 white keys, something like that. I don't know what that is, like a single octave keyboard. Is that is that a thing? I mean, once again, I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not. But, yeah, I'm not musical musically but, inclined. Enough but it to gave know that. Yeah, but it gave a. Uh, a description of how to play around with it. And I was kind of trying to jam out like the Chrono Trigger song, the theme and you know, it sounded okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. But I, I'm sure I was totally off in the octave and all that. But, yeah, sure. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really play it. I guess, uh, I, I know, I know the fan of the opera song. I can do that. The play that. But, uh, yeah, no, they had some really cool stuff, like some new NES stuff, which is always cool to see. Uh, there was like multiple booths of different used games. Like, I feel like we looked at so much used games that, 
I almost like never wanted to see a used game again. It was like a the the merch t- the merch tent was like a tooth. It just like kept going like farther and farther and farther back. Did. I, didn't, I didn't think we'd ever get to the end of it. Like seriously. Well, the craziest the part for me was like yeah, about two rows out from like the questionable punk rock. Th- like pop punk, they were playing. The band was playing. Oh, there, there was a cover band that was playing that I wasn't really into because they were playing Bling Way too. Well, and they especially they didn't have a very good acoustic venue. I mean, it's a tarp tent or whatever you want to call it, like vinyl tent. Yeah. But uh, they're just we playing songs that I didn't want to further, hear. Further, further down the row, as we like were crisscrossing back and forth, eventually I got to this place. I got to this booth that was just like just the most dis- it was really like just a bunch of stuff like thrown into bins and it was like everything's like a dollar everything's like two dollars and it yeah. really i yeah, just that- got overwhelmed at that moment after the whole thing i'm like do i really have to pick through all these bins <laughs> to hope that there's something cool in here i want to buy yeah that's kind of basically what i did like well you get to, there's like two different things there's like uh the glass case slash plastic case or whatever there's the ones that are in there that are like more expensive they're like 20 30 40 yeah i saw little samson for like fifteen hundred, saw saw those, you know, lots of games that I wanted but were too expensive. I yeah, there's always there's always games that I look for. Then like I did, I was surprised surprised enough I didn't see any Pokemon XDs, Gale of Darkness from GameCube, which is a game that I wanted to get and I actually bought one time but didn't work. I didn't see any Skies of Arcadia's anywhere. Oh, I didn't uh, either. I uh, I saw a lot of uh, Fantasy Star one and twos and one three, but those were all like. Pretty much sixty to a hundred dollars. Yeah, I saw like one that was over. Like, yeah, like two hundred. There, saw, there didn't seem to be much consistency yeah. of the prices. Yoshi's Islands were like uh, from like thirty to sixty. Like those were that's another game I wanted to get, but it's just too expensive for me. Um, we, we talked earlier about I was looking for a Game Boy Micro. I found one sealed in box for two hundred seventy five dollars. <laughs> that was definitely something I was not going to do. But I did find one for $90, which I thought about getting for a second. But you can get ones for 60 online. And it was just too much of a price difference for me to like be It wasn't in okay, the greatest shape you know. either. I looked at it. Yeah, and it didn't look like... I didn't see a charger or anything like that. Or do those have chargers? Uh, they came with chargers, as far as I know. Oh, okay, because it looked like there was a little battery thing or something on it. I don't know. I mean, I turned it on. Oh, yeah, they the absolutely were rechargeable, yeah. if that's what you mean. I turned on the screen. The screen looked pretty... But yeah, because I, I looked, I was looking online, and all the ones that I saw had a charger cable with it. So I don't. They're know. on par with the AGS one hundred and one, I think, in as far as the screen quality, because they came out at the same time. So the I well, think it's the, the same. same as the, it's the same screen quality. The DS also right. So it's the same screen quality, and when the micro came out, that's when they quietly upgraded the screens on the original SP to oh, the yeah. AGS one hundred and one. Oh, sure. Like it was a very like they didn't make a big deal out of it in fact they released a couple special editions and that's like the spongebob one that i have of the ags 101 sp is like one of the i think it's three or four special editions they released uh, that has that brighter screen but in the meantime there was a pearl blue and a pearl pink game boy that were sp that were released that had don't you mean coral <laughs> did they call they it were coral pearl. Then? no they were pearl oh, okay there, well, that was a DS, right? Where they called the pink coral. Yeah, no, yeah. it's pearl, and coral's actually a color, so they might have. No, I know. I'm just. I thought maybe that was it. Instead of calling, I've it learned pearl that pink through my girlfriend, who's uh, knows a lot more about colors than I do. Oh, that sure. corals is, is is actually not pink. It's it's its own color. But uh, but these were called pearl because they were like uh, kind of uh, I wouldn't say iridescent, but they were. I'd almost say pastel. Maybe I don't know. 
But anyway, needless to say, the long and short of it is that the Micro had the same screen as the AGS 101s. And yeah. yes, you're right, well, as, before, the, yeah. as the OG uh, brick DS. The first ugly DS yep. as well. Yeah, because I remember you saying uh, that the Micro DS was kind of like a, or the Micro, Micro Game Boy, Game Boy Micro, was sort of like a fuck you to the people who had, when it came out, it felt like, because it had such a nicer screen. It was nicer, but it was so much smaller that I think the trade-off, I don't know, maybe they initially thought the trade-off would be that people were just like, well, you know, yeah, it's a nicer screen, but it's smaller. But I do think it was, yeah, fuck you, because it's like, well, I think the real fuck you was the pearl pink and the pearl blue. Sure. one hundred one AGS 101s, which I have a couple of, because sure. those screens are awesome. Okay. Well, uh, before we forget, I want to talk about, uh, so there's a, there's a Nintendo booth of sorts at this, at the Midwest Gaming Classic. Um, they have like Milwaukee slash Wisconsin Nintendo reps there. And there was, um, there was a couple things on display. Like, uh, they had two switches there. Of course, you could play one, two switch or snipper clips on there. There was like a couple two DSs, like just kind of out, um, with, uh, Kirby Robobot on there, Planet Robobot. And, uh, there was a Yoshi's Woolly World on the regular new 3DS, and uh, I think like there was a no, it was a the sport sport mix, the Mario sport mix was the other one that was on 3DS. But they had stuff like that. There's a lot of posters up that you can get. Like we we grabbed a couple like some yokai yokai watch masks and stuff like that. Anyway, we we talked to we talked to one of the rep for a while, like just to kind of like you know give him some shit, see if we can get some uh, info out of him. And we actually learned a couple things that we didn't know before about Nintendo stuff. I was just kind of like messing with him. I'm like, so when's ukulele coming out? Like, when? what's the release date for that? And he's like, oh, you know, we have copies of it for Switch, but I can't tell you what it is. You know, he's like, we have it. I've seen it, you know. So he's seen the physical copy is kind of what he was releasing. Yeah, but there isn't a physical. I mean, he has whatever their thing that they sent to them is. A, that doesn't mean that they'll actually have them, but he said that he saw something that they have that's a Switch version. Which I've seen. Which was nice of him to tell us. Yeah. And uh, I asked him, uh, just for just to, you know, kind of like, just mess with him. I'm like, so when is uh, when is Splatoon 2 coming out? And he's like, well, we'll tell you at E3. And I'm like, oh, so it's not coming out before E3 then, is it? And he's like, oh, wait, no, I mean, yeah, I'm at, uh, oh, yeah. So I kind of like got him to tell us a little bit more than what, you know, what he was planning to. Because, so, you know, E3 is what, in June? Beginning of June, right? Yeah, it's the beginning of June. And well, I mean, they said summer. I was hoping maybe for a May release for Splatoon too, but now we know it's after E3. I did specifically ask the uh, the rep. E3 is at the beginning of June, right? And he was like, "Yes." Yeah. So we know that it's going to be June or July. Probably July. Could even be August, actually, for what I'm thinking. I think as a I think late July because it totally fits summer and fall at the same time. Yeah, but uh, so we got that's him my to prediction. Say that. And he also asked us a thing that I actually haven't read anywhere. He said, uh, did you know that Nintendo's planning on using the open world style of Breath of the Wild in other franchises? Which is something I hadn't read. I had read that Aonuma said that he wanted to keep using it for future Zelda games, but I didn't see anything about him using it on future franchises. So Right, which is what I said to him. I was like, well, yeah, I'd read that. Like what you just said. I'd read yeah. that, but you know, I, I, I didn't realize they were talking about using that engine in other games. And then I just kind of went on a tangent. I was like, but I would love to see this. You know, used in even if just using the Zelda assets to make new games within them. Let's play the, let's play bowling together. Let's let's go fly together. You know, let's do something with that. And then he was like, he suggested himself. He's like, oh yeah, well one of my ideas that I think would be great it would be something like Team Fortress, but in a world as huge as that. Like oh, like a like a yeah, like a multiplayer 
fighter type thing. Or but in a world that big, yeah. so where well, you would have never, so many more players. Where you would never find each other ever. <laughs> well, you would have to have a lot more players, I think. You would. No, it would be like uh, you never <laughs> you never find anybody, and you do, and it's like... You play like the two-player mode. Whoever gets the first two kills just wins. Just never see each other. Because you'll never see anybody. Yeah. No, I mean, I wanted them to do some sort of like... It's either kill a hundred wolves or get one kill of another person. <laughs> I wanted them to do some sort of like a monster hunter thing where you could like group up with three other people and just go hunt down giant monsters like in uh in in with with the you know with the Zelda Breath of the Wild thing. I thought that'd be really fun. Like a some sort of online multiplayer thing, you know, with the engine would be a great thing to do. But yeah, it's always nice to bust their balls and see what see what you can get out of the Nintendo guys, but you know, we did what we could. We tried and his lips were sealed in many regards because of E3's, how close E3 was. Yeah, and I asked him about if we were due for another direct, and he kind of was like, mm, you know, like maybe, like maybe we do have a direct coming. I, mean, I feel like we're owed one, you know, right? Yeah, and I don't think that no matter what he have, would have said, I mean, you can't infer too much from that because we average what one direct every three to four months. Like that's kind of like if you took them all and averaged them out. So well, when was our last direct? Like it was. The, it was right before the Switch came out. Yeah, the direct was because. It, it was a couple of weeks. It was like three weeks, and then we were speculating that maybe there would be multiple directs, and then they did what? They did the indie one? Well, the indie one was right before the Switch came out, because the indie yeah. lets you know that the Master Blaster Zero was going to be like the first eShop release after the game, after the system came out for the first week. So then, then it ended up being that and all of the Neo Geo stuff, too. Yep. But it was, a, yeah, it was just, you know, just kind of laid up, laid out like a pattern of what they were going to do so yeah i don't know but yeah we get to we get to talk talk to nintendo guys for a minute and got some hella swag from that table yeah got a bunch of posters and stuff like i said of uh whatever's some um, masks for sure talk about our goods that we bought our things that we got at the midwest gaming classic yeah and i don't think this is it i think that i'm i've got at least one more purchase in mind oh yeah you're not done yet i'm not done yet because i wanted to get i kind of wanted to get a big thing a sort of big thing but i like i said the game boy micro is too much and there aren't any ABSs, and they said the guy said they were selling them for like 180 or something like that and that's still too much for i know me. what my big thing is I get a, I get one for a hundred, but do you wanna do you wanna spoil it now or should it? So wait, what is your big thing? You're gonna you're gonna buy a a Vextrex or whatever it's called. I'm gonna buy one of those six hundred dollar arcades. No, not really. They have some really cool. Uh, you could buy that that Vextrex thing or whatever for like five hundred. The thing that you were playing. Yeah. That that somebody has one. Like one of the booths has one. Oh right. No, I'm not yeah. buying anything that big. My big purchase is going to be the thirty dollar purchase, which is going to be my. Uh, it's a replacement pin set for my NES. And I can't remember what it's called and that's why I didn't really Oh, oh you're going to you're going to get that? Yeah, I'm going to try to repair my NES. I'm gonna, did you ask him if he cooked those at a certain temperature and that's why they I worked so well? I did actually ask. <laughs> not him specifically, but I did talk to one of the uh, one of the vendors about the virtual boy and about baking it in the oven. He was like, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense actually." Like he totally was like, "Oh, that makes sense because he was selling like virtual boy games and stuff." Oh, yeah. Um, no, that's cool. I mean, my uh, my NES is kind of a little finicky. I mean, it works fine, but 
some of the buttons on the controllers press themselves like while I'm playing it. That's like my biggest problem with it. That's kind of why I thought about getting an AVS and I was like, oh man, Dragon Quest 1 will look really cool. But speaking of Dragon Quest 1, I saw I saw like so many Dragon Quest stuff that I cannot afford. But I saw Dragon Quest 2, 3, and 4 in box for NES. All 100 plus dollars, but all stuff that I wanted to get. But I did end up getting Dragon Quest 5 and 6 for Super Famicom for $4 each. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah. It's unreal. And uh, similarly, I got Final Fantasy 6. For five dollars, yeah. No, I bought. Famicom. I bought a couple. Like uh, I've been, I've been really wanting to, uh, you know, take my take whatever pieces out of my Super Nintendo to play the Super Famicom games. So, and I, this was something I was wanting to do. Like I'm, like I want to get some Japanese Dragon Quest games because these Super Famicom carts, like, it was never released here on Super Nintendo. I know there's like fan translated ones you can buy on Etsy or whatever, but these are like the real carts from. Uh, but um yeah no it's cool I mean I they're not in English I can't play all the way through but it'd be cool to I'd like to see the way Dragon Quest Six looks on the Super Nintendo because I heard it looks very nice it was a uh, high end Super Nintendo graphics for the time because Yuji Horii had just come off of working on Chrono Trigger which was a very nice looking game and he kind of tried to create you know do like similar thing for uh, for Dragon Quest Six. So uh, Dragon Quest six and seven were very. That's why they were very much like Chrono Trigger because he tried to do the same thing. But I also bought for Super Famicom. I got Street Fighter two Turbo, which I actually don't have because I sold all of my Street Fighter carts, unfortunately, for Super Nintendo. And uh, I was like, man, I should get. I'm like, I should get a fighting game, you know, because I don't really need to read the whatever. I can just play it. So I got Street Fighter two Turbo for six dollars on Super Famicom, and I also got. Samurai Spirits, or otherwise known as Samurai Showdown for Super Nintendo, so for five, which I was pretty excited about. So Man, those, these Super Famicom carts were cheap, and I like, even if I weren't going to mod my SNES, which I'm going to, yeah. I mean, I just can't believe how cheap they are. Like, Final Fantasy VI, I saw this. The, well, the, well, that's the, probably like 50, right? Like, even loose. Oh, the I didn't see it the for American less, one. I didn't see it for less than 70 today. When oh, I was really? I thought I saw yeah. a $50 one that was out Maybe of box. you did. I didn't see it. Yeah. I mean, we saw so much stuff that it's like so blurred together. But it's like, yeah, I'm just like, I've keeping it in my mind. It's like, what am I looking for? What am I looking for? Like, where is this? Oh, here it is. It's over there for this one, but it's over here for this other thing. It's ridiculous. But we both we both bought some 64 stuff, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we did. Actually, both of my 64 ones kind of burned me a little bit because right after, well, oh. two two of the 64 games that I got right after they bought them, I bought them. I immediately found them for half off in another another booth right next to there. And I was like, oh, my God. But whatever. You uh, live, you learn, as Elena yeah. says. So uh, so I've been looking to get uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 on 64 because it's like one of the last. Three. Uh, Tony, yeah, I already have two. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 for Nintendo 64 because it's one of the last games that came out for the system. And I've never played it. I want to see the way it looks. Another black swan. Yeah, and it's another, another black cartridge as well. It's a colored cartridge. I like colored cartridges. But um, I never, yeah, I wanted to see how it played on the 64, like what the differences were to the GameCube one. Anyway, um, I got, I haggled it down to 25. I didn't think that was that bad, you know, because you can get it for like 30 online or whatever. But right after I bought it, I found one for 16 right next to it. And I'm like, damn it. And uh, I also bought, I bought NBA Hangtime. It's a sequel to NBA Jam, which I said before, you can like play in a graveyard and like on top of a, on top of a building and you can make chicken characters or whatever. Make your own characters. It's a pretty cool game. Like as a game, you know, I like it. I like those type games. 
bought it for well it says 12 i think i got it down a couple i think i got it for like 10 but then after i bought it i found one for six <laughs> at another booth so i'm like ah fuck so that kind of sucks but I did find uh, I did find Glover for ten. Oh, actually, I paid eight for it. They they threw it down. So I feel like everything we did, they we got, they still like pushed it down a little bit. So oh heck yeah, Glover was mentioned on has been mentioned on a on a couple other podcasts of people like having it in their top twenty five favorite Nintendo sixty four games. That's kind of wanted to play it. I never played it before. It's supposed to be cool, so you know thought I'd check it out. But yeah, after buying three sixty four games, I'm like I'm not buying any more sixty four games. But I didn't get any, uh, my, my haul last year was a lot better, I think. Cause last year I bought a 64 for fairly cheap. I bought like, um, Tetris Attack. I bought Star Fox. I bought like Luigi's Mansion. I bought like Hulk Ultimate Destruction. I bought like Animal Crossing DS. Like I bought all these games, you know. And I was a lot more excited about it cause it's my first time. And this one, uh, I don't know. I guess, uh, what I was looking for didn't like fully gel with me, I guess. I mean, I still haven't spent that much. Like as much, I figured I was going to spend a lot more. But maybe, uh, maybe there'll be something else that I miss that I'll get tomorrow. But I find it doubtful. I think I'm kind of like putting a pin in it now. But let's talk. Let's talk about your purchases. All right. Well, I had mentioned on. I'm not sure if it was the last episode or the one before that I was looking for. Well, what I now know is Rogue Squadron on the 64. The so first one, yeah. The very first one, which I remember playing a lot back when I was a good game. in high school. One thing I really like about this cartridge, I got really good deal on it it's eight bucks it has a sticker on well the top actually too. you know it was less than that but uh it has a sticker on top yeah so they whoever had this purchased a separate sticker through i imagine a third party and website actually, it really helps to categorize your games yeah oh yeah stickers. there's never there's never titles unless you know i saw some that had people had you know written <laughs> with permanent written their names on it yeah actually it's kind of funny if you look on this they may have put that card on there to Block off some stuff that people had written on it. It says Shark Game on the top. So it actually says Shark Game that someone wrote. I don't know why they <laughs> it did does, that. Yeah, it says Shark Game in a uh, permanent marker. And there's actually more. Right. I'm not going to peel it. But yeah, there's actually more stuff written under the Star Wars Rogue Squadron sticker as well. But I. So, uh, but yeah, no, this is a good game. Like, as I, a I have this game. Right. It's a good game. And uh, I did find the. I found the Episode 1 one for you, the uh, Battle for Naboo. But it was gone when I went back to show it to you. So it was had purchased it. Yeah, yeah, so somebody had taken it. But it was cheap. It was a I think it was less than eight dollars also. Well, the, I didn't pay eight bucks for this. Um because I also purchased Quest sixty four from the same vendor. Yeah. And uh they had a ten dollar price tag on that and they had eight dollars on Rogue Squadron. And I said, Hey, can I get both for fifteen? So they said yes. So we can either look at it as I paid less for one or the other, but either way I did not I feel I did not pay eight bucks for Rogue Squadron. I feel I paid five, and I paid full price for Quest sixty four because that's a ten dollar game. That's an RPG. Oh, so I have sure. Quest sixty four. I have one of the wait the only traditional RPG right on the sixty four. No, there's a there's Aiden Chronicles. Okay, I consider Hybrid Heaven to be a traditional RPG. I guess to a point. I mean, you can level up. Hybrid Heaven is a weird game, but that'd be a game that would be a fun. I mean, if you would play that game. It'd be a fun game to to do a show about just because it's such a strange game. But uh, I was just thinking, I didn't want to talk about the stuff that I bought for my girlfriend because I was like, I don't want her to know. But I'm like, I won't post this until after I already give the stuff to her. So I can totally talk about it. Uh, speaking of like stuff I bought, you know, bought in tandem. Um, when I bought the when I bought when I bought NBA Hangtime, I bought it with 
uh, Bugs Bunny's Birthday Blowout, which is a game that Jess and I look for every time we go to a used video game place. It was a game that she used to play when she was a kid. And um, that one was marked at 7. Hang Time was marked at 12, which comes to 19. And I ended up getting both of them for 15 as well. So they took $4 off of it. So however you, however you figure that. I bought a Gengar stuffed animal for her because she collects uh, ghost-themed stuff. And it's a little Gengar that I thought was pretty awesome. Uh, got that for got that for fifteen. He said that that was like lower than cost, whatever. It's cool looking. I thought fifteen was a fine price. And I also got a what was it a a bit, whatever you call it, one of these uh one of these bit things, which they made, which you have a few of them also. It's, it's like beat. It's like a I don't know what you call art. it. I would call it beat art. Yeah, it's like beat art that makes it look like it's a sixteen bit thing or an eight bit thing. But I bought her a Totoro with a. With a leaf on its head and with the it's an umbrella, with the umbrella. So she likes Totoro stuff. So that's what I got. And I, there were there were some stickers as well that we picked up. And I bought her a sticker for for Tapper for Beer Tapper, which Aww. is a game that she likes. Nice. So, um, but let's talk about your stickers. Well, and I also on. I didn't mention I bought a Super Nintendo game. Oh yeah, yeah. I bought a Tetris Two, which is a game that really reminds me of Puyo, or rather, it's Tetris Two, which is actually a lot like Puyo. It's the closest thing Tetris ever got to Puyo without being Puyo. Oh, because so, uh, because there's combos that you can do. There's okay. combos you can do. You're you have to. There's like gems that are on the screen, and you have to like get rid of all the gems to complete the level. So it's not quite the same. But when you like, there's some bricks that when you like set them down, like pieces will break off the brick and keep moving down, and you can keep using them. Oh yeah, okay. So that's where I always wanted that to be a thing in Tetris. Like when it when something you yeah. know when it falls apart and I want it to fall into place. They Wasn't really wanted a, this to be a sequel to Tetris because it has all the what well, is called the Tetris same too. shaped blocks <laughs> as before. Yeah, but then it's got these weird ass pieces that are like aren't there, disjointed aren't, looking and they break apart. When aren't you there bombs them. in there too? Yep, there's bombs. Yeah, that's the only thing I remember of Tetris too is that there were bombs in it. And the the environment is really weird. Like the whole like interface of the game is strange. I don't know what to compare it to other than uh, some kind of comic strip or something. Like it's. It's not funny. Like, they try to be funny, but it's not funny. It's just... I don't know. There's some kind of ironic joy to how this game is laid out that I think I'm going to get later in life that I didn't truly understand (laughs) when we originally got this game for the Super Nintendo back when I was 11 or 12. But I have it again. I paid $5 for it. It was cheap as fuck, and it's in pristine condition. Um, Obviously, whoever had this didn't care that much about it and i don't blame them i mean it's an okay game but you know we played it a lot but it was out of necessity because we had very few games but similarly to what uh trey was saying earlier with the uh i guess we'll call it beat art yeah yours are pretty red also actually i thought about there were some earthbound ones that i thought about getting for jess but i ultimately went on totoro because you know it's totoro she likes totoro stuff but uh but those uh, got, chrono trigger ones that yeah you have i got look, look i got beautiful. some chrono trigger ones uh i got a chrono and uh, Magus, and they are really cool looking. Um, they were, I think, only paid like four dollars each. I think is what I paid for them. So you know, whatever. Like I'm sure whoever made these has a system down where they can crank them out or whatever. But they look awesome though. They look I really, very, very cool. They look. I mean, they're they're pixel perfect, if that's even a word for this sort of thing. But in addition to that, I, I picked up a lot of decals. Also, like Trey was saying, we found a place that was selling these really thick vinyl decals that you would use on arcade machines. I think is the idea if you were doing 
if you were doing a, a <laughs> your own fabricated arcade machine or you're building your own arcade machine um yeah they, they kind of look like shrunken uh like the I don't know what you'd call it, like the marquee or whatever on the top. Yeah. They kind of look like shrunken version of this. You know, I don't know how they scan it or whatever, but it looks like, yeah, it looks like it's a part of the arcade. But it's a really thick, like, you know, think of, like, if you went to a custom shop and had Calvin peeing on something special for you that you want to put on your truck. <laughs> yeah, like, this is the peeing quality. on Ford or Religion or Chevy or whatever. In the case of <laughs> or uh, Evolution. The movie <laughs> Hot Rod, yeah. uh, Chris Parnell's character and that movie is a uh, is an AM radio host and he hates FM radio and he hates uh television so his his Calvin is peeing on both FM radio and TV at the same time cuz his stream splits. But anyway, that's a bit of a tangent. But I also got a uh bullet bill that I'm going to put on my car. You did get a bullet bill. When I bought my car originally, I bought a used car and uh the gentleman I bought it from was a member of the NRA, so he had proudly displayed an NRA sticker on his back window. And before I purchased it, I remember saying to my family, I'm like, the very first thing I'll do after purchasing this car is remove that NRA sticker, which is exactly what I did. But I think it's kind of funny and appropriate. And they that, said, and they said, you you can only remove it through my from my dead my cold dead fingers. <laughs> yeah, I had to murder the windshield and replace it. But <laughs> I mean, that's like what Charlton Heston said, right, about his uh, guns and NRA and all. That yeah. Stuff. I'm going to replace it with a bullet bill, and I feel like that's a, a good spiritual sequel to what was on the car before. So I'm kind of happy with that. Otherwise, I got uh, just some random arcade stuff that I just really enjoy the art, and I plan on oh for sure adhering to various things around my house. And then I got some refrigerator magnets that are, you know, kind of have the spirit of, like, punk rock buttons where they've obviously just taken, like, a sheet of art and clipped out spots and made things out of it. So And I got a Bubsy head button <laughs> oh you did get bubsy yeah i'm gonna put bubsy on my uh because bubsy jacket. is your favorite he's your ultimate favorite i'm wondering where that bubsy 3d games at like because the, they are making one for i know we mentioned this very early in our in our podcast life but there's actually there's actually a bubsy game that's in development for whatever system so it's pretty hilarious bubsy on some way by yeah, Bubsy, Bubsy's on his way back. Bubsy, twenty seventeen. <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a couple. I mean, I ended up, I bought five, but they ended up selling them to me for three. But I got like a Marvel vs. Capcom three one. I got a Captain America and the Avengers one. I got a, like I said, I got a beer tapper for Jess. I got a Journey one, which I think is pretty awesome. And this is the the uh, Journey the band game, not the not the Journey the PlayStation three game. <laughs> this is the. You know, because I, you know, I like I like the band Journey, and it's a uh, it's kind of it's cool. You know, I like that it looks very much like a Journey album cover, so that's cool. It should inspire you to never stop believing. Yeah, or to uh, just not stop believing. My personal, I mean, here side note, personal side note here. My personal favorite Journey song is "Separate Ways," so that's what I'm just gonna say that right there. You well, know, let's agree to disagree, you, uh, and we'll just go our own. <laughs> yeah, if you could go go your own way, you mean. Sure. That's a different song. That's a different song. Yeah, Separate Ways is pretty awesome though. Uh, but I also got a, I also got a Simpsons a Simpson Arcade one that looks like the marquee on the top of the arcade. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot of cheap stuff that we found. Uh, it's been it's been a fun experience hanging out with people. Uh, you know, going going to panels, uh, seeing stuff. Uh, Talking. I talked to uh, I saw Ben Heck at the bar the first night we got here. Talked to him a little bit about him uh, fixing up the Sony. Oh yeah, the Sony, the, the Sony PlayStation is the here. The Nintendo PlayStation, yes, and it's here. Or the Sony Play, the, the Nintendo PlayStation is here, yes. And um, there's some actual 
Famicom cartridges that I guess work for it. Yeah. Now that well, I saw. And if you want, I mean, you can look it up on YouTube. Anyone who's listening, just look up Ben Heck. He's a really he's a pretty he's a techie guy. Right? Yeah, he's a pretty yeah. well known uh, YouTube engineer, like video game engineer. Mm. And you can actually watch the episode where he opens up the console, which a lot of people weren't brave enough to do, as he was telling me. And uh, you know, whoever owns it, whoever owns the actual console, trusted him to do this. He opened it up. He took all the old uh, blown out caps off of the circuit board and replaced them. And that was a lot like he was telling me even then he said it in the YouTube video. And he said it to me that night, a couple nights ago that yes, it was actually uh, the caps that were a lot of the problem. And so, you know, last year, I, I believe there's a presentation tomorrow about it. Yeah, no, there's a presentation tomorrow that we're going to, we're going to see. So it was really cool to, uh, to see, you know, a famous YouTube guy and he was very open to talk about, yeah. the work he had done and he yeah, didn't he, really want to talk about the portable 64s he's made which he was like he's like you know you can like ask me questions if you want i was like <laughs> i was like i saw you were gonna be here uh do you have a panel he's like well i don't have a panel sorry but if you want you can just ask me some questions right now yeah <laughs> and so i, I, I totally that was kind of funny i thought it was awesome i think he yeah. i think he's a swell guy for talking to me for a little while oh no he that. seemed fine i mean everybody seems to be pretty pretty friendly here as long as you're not a dick or anything yeah <laughs> you're not like uh, fuck you and your panel or whatever Obviously, they know to expect that people are going to recognize them and ask them questions. Sure. Even though there's a lot of people who have, like, pretended that they know me. (laughs) Or there's people that, like, say that we were recognizable. I don't know. Maybe they saw some of our YouTube videos. And we do have YouTube videos that have been seen by, like, 700 people. So, I don't know. But there's a couple people that were, like, have been waving at me like they know me. So I think (laughs) that our our t-shirts that we've been wearing today with our own faces on them might have helped yeah we have we have the we have logo shirts that we've been playing we've been wearing which is funny because i mean everybody wears logo shirts here for the most part oh yeah thing they're all over the place i saw a lot of them yeah i mean so but it was it was cool but a lot of got a lot of compliments for it so yeah this logo is badass uh thanks to our friend john thank you john knitter friend of the podcast podcast you did an amazing job friend of the show made a there's a shirt with your name on it i'll send it to you as soon as i get back but uh yeah is there is there anything that we're leaving out here for the on the midwest stuff I think it's something that we'll be, you know, we'll be talking about in the yeah. the future. I, I mean, feel like we, I mean, I feel like we covered a lot of it. But is there something? Yeah, is there something else you want to say or something? We have to say? Well, I mean, I mean, we mentioned we hung out with the Retronauts guys. I mean, that was pretty cool. Yeah, they were they were they were very they were very cool. And we got to uh, what was it? Um, we were on a we were on a podcast briefly called uh, Game, Game and Movie. Game and Movie. Yep. Yeah. So um, and I actually followed. I added them to my Twitter follower, and they like sent me an automatic message nice. back or whatever. So, and uh, who else did we talk to? We talked to uh, Hair of the Dog cast. We talked to them also. It's another podcast. Give a shout out to them. So about, uh, and we talked to them about our show. Like, so we've been, you know, been going around talking to people, been leaving flyers in random places. Yeah, so. doing some guerrilla <laughs> marketing without Donkey Kong. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to say earlier, we forgot to, uh, I mean, I didn't get through the whole thing, but um, there's, a, there's a movie called uh, You Weren't There. It's about original 70s punk rock stuff in chicago like how it's like what bands were big in there and uh i forget what band it was but there was a band who basically what they would do to promote their band is they would go into record stores and they would just stick their albums on the shelves with other with other albums and just put them and just stick them in there so people would look at them i thought that was kind of funny like they wouldn't get any sales for it they would just go into a record store and just stick their album in front of other albums and the record store wasn't selling it you know they just put it in there so people could see it so that's kind of what i was doing what i was pulling from was that was the old punk rock stuff where they're just like we're gonna go to this record store and just put our album here which we're gonna like go they did, they i think that we're gonna okay take to sell it but we're gonna put tomorrow. it in there <laughs> 
Yeah, tomorrow we're going for broke because we're going back to that tent. I'm going to buy, which I didn't mention. I, I didn't like to explain tomorrow, it fully. Tomorrow we're going to shove flyers into people's throats. I mean, no, we're yeah. not going to do that. But that NES <laughs> uh, repair kit I'm going to buy, like, you know, what What the hell? If it doesn't work to fix my NES, I can still take it back out, buy a broken NES, and try that. Sure. So um, I'm going to do that, but what's really cool about it is that it essentially makes your, uh, well, they call it a side loader, but it makes your NES into just like the top loader model, but it's still the one with the, the shelf because you don't click it down anymore once you install this piece. Oh, it just you goes just straight slide in. it in. Yep. Oh, okay. That's cool. So it's going to be, you know, unconventional. It's not going to look like a normal NES. But you got to, like, take your NES apart, right? Right, but I... you got to unscrew it or whatever, which you've already done that. I'm fine with taking consoles apart. I'm comfortable with it at this point. I sure. have a lot of little tiny screwdrivers and stuff that I bought for that purpose. So, But the good news is that with the NES, you just need a long Phillips head screwdriver. You know, it needs to have a nice long neck or whatever you call that on a screwdriver. Oh, sure, yeah, because it gets to get under there. Yep. That's actually tempting. Like, I'm tempting it. I'm like, oh, maybe I should go to those. Because uh, my NES sort of works. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out. That's why I was, like, thinking about the ABS, you know, just to play Dragon Quest and HD and all that. But I don't know. To see. To see how it goes. We'll have to see how it goes, but... The plan is to uh, make the most of tomorrow. We're going to check out the uh, Nintendo PlayStation panel for sure. I mean, that's the highlight for me. And, and also uh, the uh, other podcast. Oh, uh, Watch Out for Fireballs? Yeah, Watch Out for Fireballs. We're going to check that out. And uh, Yeah, they have a Pilot Wings podcast. So, or, yeah. yeah. So, so there's, still, there's still shit to happen. Don't forget, there's also, uh, there's also tournaments tomorrow that I want to get involved with. There's a Mario Kart 8 tournament tomorrow that I want to try. There's also an OutRun tournament, which is a Sega arcade game which you can get on 3ds in a 3d mode which is pretty awesome you can get outrun 3d on there and you can also listen to the soundtrack to outrun on spotify in case you want to do that but uh no outrun's a fun game like i i i'm not very good at it. i actually did the best that i ever had today on the arcade i got the farthest but i just want to see i just want to see how, how people how good people are at it um there's the tetris finale tomorrow as well like for uh for like um competition stuff so We'll see. I'd like to do the Mario Kart, Mario Kart 8 thing because I'm pretty good at Mario Kart 8. I'm a better at Mario Kart 8 than I am at Mario Kart. Yeah. On the Super Nintendo with Donkey Kong, which I tried today. And yeah, it's they have a weird setup for it because um, you basically have to race a certain track like at a certain time on the Super Mario Kart for Super Nintendo. And then the ones who qualify do a battle mode against each other. So it seems like counterintuitive, I guess. It's like you can race fast, but now you got to fight. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, tomorrow will be interesting. You know, I'm sure we'll hear, you'll hear about it next week or whatever weeks to come. But I think as of right now, uh, we can put a pin in it on this one. And, you know, thanks for listening. We, like, never introduced who we were at the beginning of this, by the way. But uh, I'm still, I'm Trey Johnson from last week. And uh, and I'm J-Mac, much vinyl sticker, Mikowski. Did we have, I don't, I don't think we, I don't think we said our names at the beginning. If no, we, we did, this will sound funnier to you at the end. But uh, anyway, you can, you can, you know. Catch us on iTunes or whatever other podcast thing you listen to. Um, check us out at NintendoMainPodcast.com. Uh, I'll probably put some YouTube videos up of this on uh, YouTube slash Fingmater. You can check that out. And, you know, leave us, a rate, leave us a rating, download us, email us. We like to hear stuff from people. We're very lonely. Please talk to us. Um, anyway, hope, hope you like the new logo. I put it on the thing, whatever. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.
<laughs> yeah. Mary Tyler Moore on Wave Race 64. <laughs>